Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 604. Going to recap the week 23 fab as usual, talk a lot of strategy for the last three and a half weeks of the season, which is going to be wild as we are in the middle of September here. Um, if you're watching baseball on Tuesday night, there's offense everywhere. It is ugly. Pitching is – Jose Altuve, three homers and three at-bats. Nemo's got two homers. Like, it's just – the bouncy ball is out and about on a Tuesday night, which means I should have a bouncy, thoughtful guest on the show as well. You can find him on Twitter. Well, your ideas bounce all over the place when we start talking. You can find him on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. Mike Curlin, how are you doing, my friend? I'm fantastic. And I it's was funny bringing it home. Trust me, I was bringing it home eventually. It was coming back. Don't worry. It's it's probably gonna, it's all going to work out, right? It's all going to fall into place. But what I was going to say is all that offense tonight. And I looked at my you know monitoring my one big league, and it's uh, my team's hitting up a nice one fifty three on the night. So all that offense and everyone else is getting it but me. It's so much fun. Yeah, like even the Giants, J.D. Davis just hit a two-run homer. Lamont Wade's got a homer, and Mike Yastrzemski has a homer. Everyone's hitting the ball except you said, like, your guys and apparently my guys. I, don't even, I haven't even checked yet, but it's uh, – But it's, I uh, do have good pitching. I have – I had three starters go with a 2.36 ERA and a .89 whip. That is so. success, my friend. That is success. <laughs> There's give and take there. You run with it. You take that yes. and run. Especially um, how pitching has been my, my whip. When, oh, man, it's been catastrophic. Anyways – we're making moves. We're making things happen. Let's bring this thing home, shall we? We have yeah, what, three, three more home. periods, three, three more five periods, four more weeks, three more. Yeah, because we have about three and a half weeks of baseball to go. So I'm pretty sure it's just three more five periods. Week 24, 25, and 26. That should be uh, it. 20. Is it? I thought 27 was. Oh, I'm looking at your remaining schedule chart, Mike, and there's only three more weeks after this. After after what? 20, week 24. We're on week 24, right? So we have five, three five, more. Yeah, so you have yeah. three more fab weeks. To but you go. said tw- you, 25, 26, 27. You said 23, 24, 25. I was saying you only have three more fab weeks to go, is what I was saying. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Three more fab yeah. weeks, four more weeks of, or three and a half more weeks of baseball. Yeah. Anyway, who cares? Let's get to the show. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Show's already <laughs> off to the start. This is this is what we expect with me and Curlin having some fun here. And it was a typical before the show. Can we start recording? Because we're talking about everything off the air. And so we're just going to kind of have a smorgasbord of what to kind of what's going on, what to maybe expect in the last three weeks, how to approach the last three to three to four weeks here. And then we, we will get to fab. We'll talk Jason Dominguez. We'll talk, you know, Ronnie Mauricio and all that fun stuff that took place over the week. Um, but let's talk about just kind of the general sense of things. I know um, I, I'm front row to your ups and downs uh, in the season. I have my ups and downs. I'm a little more quiet about it than others. But um, we, we kind of had a venting session in our group chat today which was just like injuries have just derailed everything. It's I, I remember, I, I think back to early in the year when you're on, you're running pure, you weren't getting injuries, you had your aces going, things were great. I was in a similar boat in some leagues too. And it seems like, you know, they always say injuries are coming for everybody. They came for us, Mike. And I, but part of me is thinking I wish it happened earlier, so I just blew my fab on some of those early season guys, and then we'd be good to go. But uh, here we are. So how are you handling this situation with injuries? You know, even Trey Turner, who – you're never going to drop. He just plays one game on Monday and then goes on paternity list for the next three days. So you had him in for a, you know, the, the front end for the week, and he's not even going to be playing basically. So 
there's a lot of September goofiness that will take place. There's going to be, you know, rosters only went to 28 players, but still a lot of platooning going on. A lot of, hey, let's give these young guys a chance to play. Like you tweeted out, Brett Beatty's facing lefties now. We're seeing things take place on these teams that are out of it, especially that makes things quite interesting. So how are you approaching this since you pay close attention to how lineup situations work? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's all a guessing game, right? And, and that's and, the end of the show, everybody. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just right. It's just a very loaded. It's just a loaded question because there's a there's so much to keep an eye on, but also there's so much to like. You look, you start looking back, and like you mentioned, let's start with like part one. But you said the injuries. Um, I just it was such a growing. It's such a like so, so much growing pains there. I learned a lot this year. Like when all those injuries hit at the same time, of course they hit the same time. I missed man. I realized I didn't leave myself enough fab to really properly attack it. And then I didn't hit on, I wasn't streaming right. Maybe it wasn't as focused as I should have been. I don't know. I, I took a big nosedive and then I'm like, I I bounced back. I'm doing well now again, right now, which is, which matters. You know, we're going down the home stretch and I'm back in, you know, I'm back in first so far. I'm not going to compete for the overall, but I'm back in some come nearing the top 15 the overall again. So obviously I, found a way to bounce back but that's without those guys i managed to get by you know Naylor came back but he's not on my roster anymore someone else grabbed him good for them they held on to him um who else obviously uh jung's probably gonna be coming back uh, young's gonna be coming back soon you also have uh chapman on the il now he was another guy on my team darvish hit the il another guy on my team so i'm taking hits still i'm just making it work and how am i making it work just trying to get back to the basics of what got me there in the first place. Cause you said, like you said, I was running pure. There's no doubt about it. You don't, you don't finish top 10 without running pure to an extent. Right. You know, so being in the top 10 for most of the year, it's because I wasn't dealing with the injuries as bad. I was able to, and I was streaming very well all year. So streaming wasn't an issue, but it's, it's almost like it was just an accumulation of crap on top of crap that happened to me. And that's why my team kind of face planted for a moment there. But at the end of the day, um, very good learning experience. And the way to manage it right now is, kind of just have to be very patient but also very diligent like you mentioned we got got to monitor what these what these managers are doing these players are injured like otani like, hey, i heard he wanted to play tonight or something so i guess maybe yeah. it won't be won't be as bad as maybe it's not as bad as we think but i don't know i'm not really optimistic about it but you gotta start making plans without and so you can't replace an otani right but you gotta realize like you can stream together weeks the rest of the way that can be at least like poor man's otani i say that very slightly because like for instance i i um i streamed jordan diaz this week he got me a home run that's kind of right like that's what you need you need to hit on these streamers rest of the season. if you get like if you can average like two like one or two home runs a week off your streamers which is a lot i was asking a lot but if you can get one home run a week you're kind of hitting that like you're getting a part of what you would have got you're getting a return you're getting something right but the problem is is now what money do you have left over like it's there's so much that goes into planning for these final four weeks that uh, I didn't realize because this is my first time really being competitive in a in you know in leagues like this and playing in leagues like this that required me to be this attentive at this point of the year. So um, just to talk about the bad luck, uh, luck plays a huge factor in things, of course, but there are ways to overcome it. And I think I um, I had a little bit of those rookie mistakes show play play out there for me personally. And I think I've learned valuable lessons from it. Unfortunately, it's going to cost me a couple thousand dollars probably <laughs> because of, but, but at least lesson learned. Right. But uh, yeah, so there, there, there's that lessons learned. We can talk about that a little bit, but at the end of the day, um, going back to what you mentioned with lineups right now, well, you got to jump in there real quick. We'll talk about this for a minute. Um, so yeah, you mentioned the fab thing and, and that's something I've heard people preach for year after year. You want like, you know, 20 bucks for the final month, 20, whatever, some kind of percentage in the final month. I know you're down to four bucks for the last three <laughs> periods. Um, 
I, I tried my darndest to do that, and I have for the most part. And that's why, like, well, even when we recap Fab this week, I was putting six, seven dollar bids out because I wanted to make sure I got guys. And that's kind of how it's been the last couple of weeks. People probably go like, man, you're winning bids like 12 to two. And I'm like, yeah, cause I want to get them. Cause I have the money to get them. That's, that's where having the money pays off at the same time. Like I had one league where I still had like 88 bucks. I'm like that was too much. There was probably at least 50 bucks in there or 60 bucks. I should have put somewhere else throughout the season. So it's kind of a, yes, I have money, but at the same time, I shouldn't have this much money scenario. And that's where it gets kind of frustrating on, on when to be aggressive. Cause I was more aggressive this year. That was one of my goals. Be more aggressive and add drops in 12s. You get way more feasible. We talked about that a long time ago than in 15s. I can get way more drop happy in 12s. At the same time, I was a little more aggressive on adding players, but not aggressive as I should have been. Uh, I'm not, and that's probably part on me because I'm not usually a big uh, minor league guy. And this year was just insane for minor leaguers. But at the same time, we can look back and not all of them panned out. But at the same time, if you went and got Tanner Bybee, you went and got you know a couple other players that worked pretty darn good. Uh, Matt McClain. Would have been amazing, stuff like that. So it's kind of an, an up and down situation where I'm learning in that regard, where I still have money left, but I, I'm at the point now is if I just don't keep overspending the next couple of weeks, I might have money on the table when the season's over, and that's the worst feeling in the world. When you know, like you're battling and you're a couple points out of first, thinking, okay, I could have done this, and this really sucks. And obviously, we always go back and think about what we could have done instead of, hey, we did this really well, and we still ended up pretty good. We just didn't win. We we, we always like to think of the negative first before the positive, but um, that's our that's already where my head's at, knowing that we still have three more fab periods, and I might have you know missed on some of the big ones. So talking about the fab, the money left over uh, thing was. Um... And that's part of why I wanted to be aggressive this year. It's my first time playing a main event, so obviously I had a lot to learn. But my thing was is I didn't focus so much on my individual budget as much as I focused on how much the legal my individual legal spending. So I right now I have four dollars left. What if I told you that four dollars has me tied for the second most money left among the top five players in my league right now? Top five in the standings. That's pretty good. That matters, you know. Like, but the, here's the thing: the player and the team, the team in second place, ha- had like forty dollars or fifty dollars entering September or entering like six weeks in like left, and now this is where it sucks. Like that fifty dollars has gone a long way because he's been able to do what you're doing: seven to one, seven to four, seven to three. Because and now this guy has all these players that you want, all the t- big names, the, the high upside, the guys that can go out and maybe potentially get you over the, the hump to compete. He, I think, he moved from like fifth to second. And it's because he had the money to make these moves compared to the rest of the guys at the top. So I did realize that, um, like, although I'm happy to be among the top remaining money, which is crazy, by the way, had the top be four dollars and move towards the top remaining money among the top five players in the league. But it's one of those things where I would give anything to have twenty dollars right now because at least it would make me competing with the other guy, and I can really make some more moves because, like, it goes back to mentioning now. So being so limited with my budget, I'm. I'm I'm strapped for moves. Even I have four dollars, which means four moves. If I'm aggressive, three moves. Like if I have sag it through this week and I have really good matchups with my guys that are already streamed on the bench, I can skip a week of fab. Maybe put in a one dollar bid on somebody I really want and hope I get it right. But um, that's the thing. So it's like I'm really strapped. I, not only am I strapped for cash, but I'm strapped for moves. I have four moves left. I have to be able to uh, think about remaining schedules injuries replace injury replacements i have that money left over i can't get i can't go out and add three players this week leave myself with a dollar for two weeks and hope i don't get three injuries again you know it's happened so i have to think about injury replacements the rest of the season i also have to think about guys we talked about about this um guys like lazardo uh logan guys that are just going to be they're already above their last year's innings uh threshold likely to get shut down the final week or two just because if the team falls out of contention or 
They want to wrestle for the playoffs. So what if Lazaro's not shut down, but he's only pitching three inning outings just to get him out there? I mean, that might be more that might be okay for my team the way it's set up, but I but now I gotta think about I have four dollars left. Do I need to go out and get two starting pitchers that might be available? Or do I need to save two dollars knowing I'm gonna need two two bodies, two warm bodies to put into my lineup for the final week, you know, to get innings to get to get stuff. And that's, so it's like that's one of the big ones, I think, is the guys that are gonna get shut down. Like we can't predict injuries, but you can kind of see the writing on the wall for mm-hmm. the shutdown, or at least hey. We're gonna throw you two innings and go to the bullpen. Where so now, if they're not the second guy coming in for a chance at a win, those two innings are really probably not helping us at all. Where you'd be better left for like an eighth inning arm that might snag a win, and that's where it gets interesting. Like you said, if you go and get you know a couple guys this week, now you only have like a move a week, but you have three guys that aren't going to pitch in the final week of the season. That gets really, tricky. Do I that really have a move? Tricky. Do I really have well, a move a week right now? You know, but I mean? at the same time, like look at your standings because like I know in some of my leagues I'm crushing pitching, like crushing pitching. And I need hitting badly. And it's one of those, like, you never want to take, like, you know, goose eggs. We talk about that all the time. But at the same time, in that last week of the season, would you rather take, like, a one goose egg from a pitcher and go and try to get, you know, seven games from a hitter? That That's where you have to, like, it's 100% team-specific before uh, you start Absolutely. to say, hey, I got to fill roster spots type thing. But back Absolutely. to what you are saying, Curlin. And, and, no, and you hit the nail on the head. Like, like I'm going to look at my team, like, all right, cool, which team – or what stat do I need the most down the stretch here? What can get me the most points to, and what, how do I attack it? And for instance, like I have, I'm leading my league in strikeouts, right? And I'm leading my league in strikeouts by 40 right now. And, and, and if I could build it up, maybe that final week I can, and I purposely have set myself up with two relief pitchers on my bench and neither one of them are really getting saves right now. And, none, and neither one of them are really anything special. I actually went out and grabbed Jordan Hicks in case uh, what's his face gets injured again. And I have Carlos Hernandez, who's been kind of a failure ever since. But I've been holding on to him because you know what those guys are going to give me? Innings and high leverage situations and maybe sneak a win. And in a good week, they do strike out a decent amount. They do give me like, – you, you have to get – sometimes the ratios will be unlike, will be gross, but they can get you a win or a save, whatever. But the thing is, is they're not zeros. And I'm guaranteed probably both those guys pitching in the final week of the season. So right there, that's kind of stopping me from getting zeros. And it gives me a little more leeway with my $4 left because I can't go out and preemptively add players for that final week because schedules are going to shift so much. Players are going to push back. And we talked, and among other things, you know, it's just going to shut downs, et cetera. So to go out and try to plan for the final week of the season, it's really, with pitching, it's pretty difficult. But one thing I feel like you can kind of bank on our relief pitchers that will probably, barring injury, I believe you got to think relief pitchers are probably going to pitch a couple innings. And then you got to think about, well, are those a couple innings going to be more valuable than maybe your starter? But is your, what if your starter gets pushed back? What if your starter gets like, okay, cool, the starter's not even guaranteed to go. He's probable. But what if he just, you know, you know what? We're just going to shut him down. And that's the rumor, but we don't know for sure. So it's like, do you take your chances? And I'd probably end up hedging my bet, considering what I, you know, go look at my team context and probably hedging my bet with those relief pitchers. But again, that's my team. And like you said, it's very team specific. So know your team, know, know what's happening there. But we'll, we'll come back to the strategy in a second. But while we're talking to these pitchers, I have Rotowire's um, projected starting pitcher grid up starting next Monday. So it gives us a two week window. And I say projected because Curlin said it, I've said it. There's so many like pitching. We had right someone now. in our chat ask a question. I said, you better hope he's pitching Friday. Like, we don't even know if he's pitching Friday because you're you're trying to stream pitchers. And if you're streaming a pitcher, that means they're not locked into the rotation to begin with, probably at this point in time. So you're praying. But let's just have fun. Uh, If a name piques your interest, say it. Otherwise, I'll keep going from team to team. These would be the guys over the next two weeks 
that could potentially get you two starts if that's what you're looking for innings. If you're looking for innings, I want to specifically say looking for innings. Um, obviously, Spencer Strider's gone. But um, Zach Davies, Ryan Nelson, you got the Mets and the Cubs. Any interest? Yes, no. No. All right. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm supposed yeah. to speak. No, no, you're good. You're good. We're you're on good. video Braves. here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Braves, you're, you know, Strider, free, they're, they're taken. Uh, Baltimore, Dean Kramer at Houston and at Cleveland in two weeks, and then maybe Kyle Gibson at Houston at Cleveland, yes or no? Yes. To Which Gibson. one, both? At least Gibson. Kramer. Kramer. Interesting. I could see Kramer in a pinch. I haven't actually looked into him recently, but I know Kramer has pretty good. As I say, it's usually up and down with Kramer. I'm probably going to go yes with Kramer. Houston scares me, but Cleveland doesn't really. Uh, next week, because that, that Kramer uh, Gibson, that's two weeks from now, the September 18th week. Next week, though, Boston, you got Cutter Crawford versus the Yankees and at Toronto. That's a little dicey. The following week, you're going to have Tanner Houck at Texas at the uh, against the White Sox. You know, those are both kind of rough, yes or no? Um, like they both have I, one good start, but one rough start. That's what I'm saying. And I'm not mentioning, I think Hawks Velos was down last outing. I, and I know he's coming out like he's he's also, I wouldn't be shocked if he's one of the ones that's not pitching in the second that week. Yeah. Cause if you look at it, this is his career high in innings already by like 20 ish innings, it looks mm-hmm. like give or take. Oh no, he's hit, he hasn't pitched as many innings since 2019 for reference. So Hawks kind of entering that, that kind of territory. Cutter Crawford. I know his velocity has been down a lot as a starter, even though he's been effective for the most part. So um, I think I'm going to – I guess I'll ride Crawford, if anything, of the two. But neither one of them do I feel, like, over the top, like, excited about or confident in. But, yeah, Crawford, if I had to pick. Here's a fun one. The week of the 18th, so two weeks from now. It's a Tuesday, Sunday start, if this stays the way it's been going. Javier Assad, who's been very good, gets Pittsburgh and Colorado at home. Oh, so – so not Colorado, not in Colorado. No, both sides so are going to rig. You got to, you got to roll Assad out. It, you don't have to believe in it, but it goes back to what we always say: you don't have to believe in the production because it's not. But this it's, is why it's, I'm doing this exercise. Like, if someone wants to go get him for a buck this week and save some fab money, this is what yeah. you do type scenario. Yeah, and but what, so I, to take a step further, I'm still trying to do this. Like, I, and I, I was doing this all throughout the year when I wanted to pick up a pitcher. I would look four week weeks early. out. 100%. I would work. For, I would. I would. I would sit there. I would go to their schedule and map out my own four weeks out, just from like every fifth day, and that, that would give me their two start week and their other three weeks. And right now, again, you still should do that, even though you can't guarantee it because obviously it's going to change so much. Whatever, you still want to get an idea of who they are actually have the last four weeks of the season because right now, you have to just go off that assumption and and you know go from there. But so Assad, the guy with two out of his remaining four weeks or two out of his remaining four. It, uh, maybe even five games depends it, on how that works. Because the, the next week he's at Colorado, I'd still probably pitch him because they stink there. But the following week he's got the two step Pittsburgh and Colorado both in Wrigley. So so yeah, so he has, so he he has and he has so it goes back to he has four games left in the and, this, and most pitchers are probably going to only have four yeah. starts left. It's just one of those things where you get those four starts, put them, write them down, and really get an idea of like, wow, this guy might be sneaky. But then you have guys, and it goes back to uh, looking at schedules, which we'll talk about with hitters a little bit. If you look at remaining schedules, you have teams like the Nationals where be careful because they finish on a five-game week. So if you're banking on this guy that like might like okay, he's gonna start the, that 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 week on the set. He's gonna start that Monday. Oh wait, they don't have a game Monday. So it's like you're planning on him being a two-start pitcher when he's not gonna be one type of thing. So that's what it goes back to tracking tracking out to the end of the year at this point because it'll get you that answer. But that's why knowing schedules matters because if you're trying to track, you know, trying to trying to time these two-start pitchers and a, and a team has a five-game week coming up. Like randomly, then that two start to two start 
week isn't happening like you expected, you know? 100%. So uh Reds, don't worry about them. The guys are taken. <laughs> Cleveland, Bybee and Williams are gone. But that rotation could get messy because Curry, Julie, like a lot of parts might get goofy there. Colorado, I'm just going to skip because no one wants Colorado pitching. Um, hey, White's hey, hey. Got, yeah, yeah, you heard me. Well, they're, they're on the road. They're on the road. It's it's no, the, the first week I'm talking about, they're at home the whole week. The second oh, week, oh. the second week they're on the road, you could have your pick of Kyle Freeland at the Padres and at the Cubs. Wait, 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 wait. Freeland's velo has been up like two miles per hour, like let's see how, across let's the see how he pitches stupid. tonight. At, let's see how he pitches tonight in Arizona, but. But I'm, I'm saying I, I'm just I guess saying he could be relevant. I guess in, a, could be relevant. in a pinch, and by pinch I mean a very, very like, are you desperate? Because um, okay. he's still not doing great even with the increased velo. But it's been like three. It's been four in runs or less in four out of five outings. I guess if yeah, <laughs> I just don't know if the wins will be there. But yes, yes. I'm just uh, I'm trying here because that's all you, that's all you're getting is uh he has one win his last four starts. He has uh yeah not he hasn't been good, but the there's been an increase in velo, which has just been very inter- interesting. But he's not good, so I don't know. I was just trying to get. Trying I, I, I understand that in deep leagues, he's <laughs> like, in the conversation. Yes. Yeah, like if you need, if you're chasing, if you're, if you're chasing, like I need to chase wins, I need to chase strikeouts, and you don't need your ratios. Freeland is at least in that conversation. Is what I'm getting at. Like if you, yeah. if you're strictly like punting stuff, and like, hey, I'm going for just K's and win, win potential. That's a two star guy that most people aren't going to even care about, and probably shouldn't care about, but. But you never know. You're getting. You never know. We've seen Freeland do. Free, we've seen Gomber do Gomber things, Freeland. good and bad. Yeah. So Freeland, you know, it could easily be one of those like, wow, he just threw a two step where he got two two wins, a sub four ERA because that's the standard for him is a four ERA, I guess, and a uh, and you know like maybe like eight strikeouts. And next you know he was a league winner for you because that's how baseball works. That's not uh, what's going to happen, by the way. Can we just make sure, like, don't put that down? Curlin isn't calling Freeland a oh, no, league winner. Books. I clipped it. It's going to be out on Twitter <laughs> in no time. Uh, White Sox, potentially in two weeks. Clevenger at Washington at Boston. I know your thoughts on Clevenger, but I thought I'd say it out loud real quick. Washington and Boston? Yeah, both on the road. Mm, I just don't trust Clevenger. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Detroit, Detroit will pass on because the matchups. You don't want to face the Dodgers. We're just going to pass on that. Uh, Houston. You got Verlander's gone. Yeah, Hunter, like, that's not an option. Kansas City now in two weeks. Well, next week's Brady Singer, who might have been dropped in a lot of places. He got shelled on Tuesday, so be careful. But in two weeks, Jordan Lyles versus Cleveland at Houston. Probably a pass. I'm not touching Jordan Lyles with yeah, your with your roster. We're on the same page. Uh, Ryan Pepio will be back in the Dodgers rotation for reasons we don't want to discuss Pepeo. right now. But um, next week, he plays San Diego. You're going to pick him up anyways. We face San Diego the following week. Versus Detroit, versus the Giants. Might be one of the best two steps we've talked about just so far. I like Pepio in general. I think Pepio yeah. should be rostered. Well, that's why I, well, I said they're going to pick him up anyways. But yeah. in two weeks, that two-step is glorious. And Singer. So I think – didn't they mention Singer dealing with um, arm fatigue or something recently? I feel yeah. like I read that. And then his velocity is down again tonight. Almost a full – it's a 9.9. So basically a full tick on the sinker. So he's already showing diminished velo. And I think if Singer doesn't have his velocity, which, you know, he's not already here, he doesn't throw hard. If he's losing velocity and not able to kind of utilize that change up way he's been utilizing stuff, I don't know, he's already kind of trending the wrong direction. So yeah. Singer isn't a guy I'm all that interested in anyway right now. For sure. So after Pepio, Marlins, Edward Cabrera is supposed to come back next week. He's got mm-hmm. at Milwaukee in the following week, two-step versus the Mets versus Milwaukee, both at home. I think so you rolled that. If you can handle walks, knock yourself out. <laughs> um, there's really nothing in Milwaukee, Minnesota. You know, Joe Ryan's already are, got Kent Maeda. Yeah, he's already taken the Mets. Yeah, 
<laughs> it's it's Joey Budo and Joey LaCasey. I'm going to pass on both, but uh, at Miami, at Philadelphia, Philadelphia is nuclear hot. I'll just pass. Um, farther down, Yankees, no. A's, A's, you got JP. Well, next week, you got Waldachuk versus the Astros and the Padres. Following week, you got JP Sears versus Seattle versus Detroit. And Mason Miller comes back. He's got Houston next week, the following week, Seattle, Detroit. But he's only going to go for a couple innings every game. Yeah, you can't do anything with that. Philadelphia, we pass. Pittsburgh. Um, Andrew uh, Andre Jackson's got a nice two-step next week. Washington and the Yankees. That could be kind of interesting if you're feeling that. Um, Avila of San Diego next week. Dodgers in Oakland. I don't think so, unless you want to roll the dice with the Dodgers and get the Oakland start. I don't. I, I don't like fading. The Dodgers scare the crap. Yeah, out I don't of want anything to do with them. That's what I'm saying. Just, <laughs> and if you're talking about happy. fringe guy against the Dodgers, at that you know, like I, I almost didn't throw Lazardo this week because the Dodgers were one of his starts. But I, I took a shot because a, we know how good he could be, and b, uh, it's it's the it was the second start. I think it was it was a tough two start, but I just had no options. I'm like screw it, I'm going for it. But Lazardo is more than a streamer in most cases. So it's like that's to give you an idea of like I'm scared of starting second third tier guys against the Dodgers let alone who was it again <laughs> uh Oakland well no I'm talking about the starter we're talking about here oh, Avila Avila yeah exactly that's kind of my point like who <laughs> that's why um, yeah. gotcha Tampa Bay Taj Bradley's coming back um he gets at Minnesota next week the following week he gets at home against the Angels at home against Toronto does that ring any incitement to you mm, no nope, really okay. <laughs> the um, Angels kind of the Angels wait uh why not? Yeah, let's go for it. Toronto, Toronto's like banged up too right now. So yes, they are. That's why it's and and the, and the Angels are a dumpster fire. And I'll pass on the other two teams. There's not much to like there either. So yeah, that's your pitching talk. Now you wanted to talk offense, so I'll give you your your schedule floor here, which you have a great sheet for. Well, yeah. So I actually, I, and I think I put that one for free on Twitter too because it was something I, yes, I, I got. You did. I had time during the All Star break and put it together, and then of course I didn't have time anymore, and I still decided like I was like I'm committed to it, so I finished it like the first, right the, during the first week after the All Star break. But essentially, what I did was I mapped out every single team's uh, remaining schedule, and honestly, it's been mediocrely assist uh, helpful with. But now again, coming down to the final month, it's really helpful because if you're limited on Fab funds or if you want to try to get ahead, you look ahead of these rosters, you get the final four weeks. You can get a total. You can see which teams have like how many seven game week. I, I broke it down weekly, like you know five, six, or seven game weeks. I broke it down. I added. I I bold text every matchup that is a hitter's ballpark according to Savant. Like I used this year's Savant like for home runs and, or for power, or whatever it was for how I did it. And I just took the best hitters parks and I made a point to figure out which parks you want to target. And uh, so you have teams like Atlanta, but then Atlanta's like, you know, there's no one to add off Atlanta, right? So right now, like, you're kind of riding. But Atlanta has a great final four weeks, but then you have guys like Washington, I mentioned earlier, where two other, like, they had a two seven game weeks, great. But if you don't have funds, like, I don't, I couldn't really take a shot, even with those seven game weeks coming up, because there was two five game weeks in between. And I can't afford to not only just take a shot on a guy that's possibly a platoon bat, like a Jake Alou, but then on top of him being a platoon bat, two of those final four weeks are five game weeks. So, that's just not happening. So I think I wanted to bring up not the fact, not just the fact that you can find this again. I'll probably, I could probably post it to Twitter again before uh, by tomorrow morning, but it's more so a, uh, just a reminder of like little things like this can just help you get by when you're so limited on funds. You have such limitations on your moves you can make, especially in fab leagues 
that you it, it's just one of those extra things to throw into the mix of like a difference maker in terms of like hey maybe i'll hold on to this guy instead of drop him or let me go ahead and add this guy knowing he can possibly be a streamer for t- three out of the remaining four weeks stuff like that like a uh, big one is colorado two out of the final three weeks of the season are all full home series so they're getting two full weeks in cores out of the final three weeks that's i think a huge deal so why wouldn't you want and, and those two weeks are both seven game weeks so they're getting 14 games out of what 14 out of 20 of the final games of the season for the rockies are at home yeah that's big. stuff like that stuff like that really matters well cincinnati cincinnati is another one to go to know like just because obviously they're platoon situations but right now cincinnati they have a full week at home this week right now and then in two weeks they have a full week at home so they were another team with two out of four weeks where they're all their games were at home and you want to target cincinnati games but they had no seven game weeks so although they so and so that might have maybe hindered your idea of going after a platoon bat there because if you're getting a guy with limited at bats and they only have six game weeks and then one of their games is a five game week or one of the weeks is a five game week that's kind of a problem so it's like Maybe Cincinnati's schedule isn't as favorable down the stretch. So if you have a guy like a Joey Votto where you're like fringe about him, maybe it's like maybe I can move on from him because he's already going to be stuck in a platoon probably and then add take away the platoon and then add in the mix of like, you know, limited games per week and not all at home. And yeah, uh, just little things like just again, I'm being very, very like I'm talking about the, the level of in depth I'm going right now to try to make these help me make these little difference making moves and and it's usually deeper formats it can help in all formats but i think deeper formats is where you get the most benefit from going this granular but that's what i'm doing right now because i'm again very very picky on my moves and i'm trying to find every little edge i can get i think this is one of the few times in the year where you can kind of just look at schedules and really make some it's almost like starting off the year with streamer streaming pitchers like looking at their first few uh starts Mm -hmm. just trying to get an idea like maybe like i think bayo actually lined up to be a decent no he was he was injured i'm trying to remember who there was a couple guys that we're lining Bayo, it. We're, Bayo wasn't there out the gate. He got his first start was that stupid Boston Marathon game. I remember that. Rain. I remember that. I'll never forget that. I remember that. It was the. I'm just. He still Bayo. has a three something ERA on the year. Screw you, Boston. Yeah, it's just one of those things where I'm looking at the. Uh, I'm I just. Bayo was a bad example because it's not. But it was, there's you know there's always guys like hey look he has this start this week and then a two start week the second week of the season and these are the first three matchups. That's kind of we're back to doing that again now that we're at the end of the year because. You fo- you're focusing on a short period of time, trying to find any edge you can, and you can do that from both sides of the ball, from pitching and hitting. And I feel like the hitting side doesn't get talked about enough. Of- no, that. It's, it's pretty crazy looking at some of these schedules. A lot of seven gamers next week for sure. You mentioned some of the five next games last three weeks. Yeah, but you, like it's really interesting highlighting which teams. Like you, you, you mentioned like Dodgers last two weeks to play seven games both weeks, like and four at Colorado. Like that's pretty freaking impressive stuff. Three, three out of four series are in hitters parks. Like, can power. you imagine if there's a lot of like right-handed pitching, David Peralta, Jason Haywards of the world getting picked up that week? Like that's that's yeah. the kind of stuff we're talking about. But you're gonna want to get them in two weeks, not in three weeks, if that makes sense to get them yeah, for the Chiefs because everyone's gonna be going for them that final week of the season. Um, yeah, that final week two, the final four, only four teams play seven games that final week. That yeah. is, uh, and now this this is subject to error because this is a I did this this is man made human like so if there's some error there but feel free to yell at me or make fun of me but um I'm I feel pretty good about it you know I did it 
I, I took the time to do it and I just found like I just found one thing that wasn't color coded, so I color coded it. But um yeah, it's, so it's pretty I'd say it's pretty accurate. It's a, it's a I've had people actually come back like, hey, you said this, but it's this, and it's like it's usually the, like one one thing's right. It's usually the game totals are right. It's like I might mess up the the matchups, like it might be like three at Washington instead of two, and I did some weird stuff like that. So but it's it's pretty accurate, I'd say. Um, and if you don't, if you question it, go check for yourself. Because at the end of the day, all I did was the homework. I did the legwork, and if you want, it can't hurt you to take two minutes to go double check my work. Yeah. Uh, in a second, we're gonna get another guest joining us on the show. Ooh, surprise uh, guest! He, he's banging down the door to come in because we were talking pitching streamers and we're talking hitting streamers. It's but Pollock. One, one Nick Pollock to wants to join us for a second. And, uh, he does like to stream pitchers quite a bit, so I'd li- it would be nice to get his two cents. Plus, another Cole Reagans believer into the chat is always a fun thing. I'm, I'm you know, Justin Steele now Cole Reagans. These lefties just come come to me. It's it's a beautiful thing. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll get him in here shortly. But the the hitting thing is going to be very very interesting to see how that pans out. Like I said, just the idea if you told us four months ago that hey, Jason Hayward and David Peralta could be game w- league winners for you. Well, that's happening, and that's what this kind of stuff is. Let's talk about league winners, though, folks. We have a league winner. He ha- he might know him for the thing called PitcherList.com, kind of a big deal there. Um, I had the privilege of being with him uh, two Fridays ago to watch baseball, watch Spencer Strider do ace-like things. Um, Cole Reagans is a G. We know that for a fact, and this is one of the biggest Cole Reagans believers. Nick Pollock, everybody. How are we doing, my friend? Cole Reagans, let's go! What is up? Oh, sorry. I didn't realize I was live. I was just doing that. <laughs> That's just every, just, every, That's just every, every what yeah, just, happened. <laughs> uh, what is happening, guys? How are we doing? I, I've exclaimed weirder things when I was, I mean, oh, hey, what's going on, Nick? How are you? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Nick's, man, Nick's too innocent. Huh? Uh, what's streamers. going on? It's, yeah, strippers? Talking, strippers? Uh, what? Streamers. Nick Pollock. Curly, don't go there. We're kind of looking at the last joke. You know, there's three fab periods left. And so mm. it's kind of like planning ahead if you're limited on funds kind of conversation. Sure. Yeah. So we just did like a rough idea. I know somebody just came out with an article on a website that previewed the remaining schedule <laughs> and how to. So this could actually link in here. Plug, plug, plug. Nick, do you know somebody about that did that? Oh, yeah. Uh, His name is Michael Simeone. Right? Yeah, exactly. Ah. <laughs> uh, with, uh, with GTE, guys, you got yeah. to get with it. If you're not yeah, signed up on the Patreon, what are you doing? Exactly. Anyways, anyways, Nick. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I actually don't know really the the ownership of Fab right now, or like in your NFBC 15 teams. Uh, so I can't really speak all the way to uh to all of these guys, but like I don't know, uh Ryan Papillo and Emmett Sheehan, are they all swooped up by now? I don't know. That's what we were talking. Yeah, Papillo's a very interesting one. He's got some great starts coming up. Oh guy. man, I uh, he absolutely does. Uh especially by the end of the year. I mean, what I have listed for Pepio, uh, I think that's the correct term. I don't know. Yeah, I it's think, Miami. I, I, I say then, Pepio. I was trying to make yeah. you feel good. So I was following it's your Miami, lead. the Padres fine, but then he would get Detroit and then the Giants twice. And that's like free wins, guys. Mm-hmm. That's that's right there for you. Um, I actually out. win if you want like a really deep one, Zach Thompson um for his final three starts. Uh, the Brewers twice and then Cincinnati. But I mean, even as you mentioned, Curland, is that like we know the the opponents they're facing, but the order is just going to be, oh, boy, uh, I have no idea. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Wainwright, like they find a way to make him go like on three days rest or four days rest just to make sure he can try for another time to get win 200. Right. Uh, something stupid there. 
Um, or, or but yeah, there, I mean, there are a lot of guys to, to chase here. Anyone that plays the Giants, are you guys going to get Gombert again? Can we do the reverse Gombert? Oh, that would be we, we talked about right we talked there. about Kyle Freeland. Like, like yeah. he just has this like two step. It's like, well, it's not good, but maybe if you're desperate chasing wins and strikeouts, and he could just give you that weird week of like random goodness that everyone's going to talk about for the next three years. No, like, 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 really, I, I really can easily go Gomber. Like, he can full Gomber you, but and we all know he probably but, will. But but this is like the redemption arc, right? This I is wanna, it. This is this him. is the moment that Gomber is like, I'm going to redefine what Gomber is. You know, he deserves <laughs> no. that, doesn't he? He, deserves, he? I don't care what he does. He's not redefining it anymore. It's it's already in the Giants. In, well, I, I see war. where Nick's coming from, but the Giants in Coors with Austin Gomber, Nick. I, I think we have better things to do with the. Uh, uh, is it in Coors? Yes, it's in Coors on the. 15th. I had it. I had it at SFG. Uh, maybe the, it's twice. He has two of 15. them. Maybe the final week is against the Giants at home. I uh, oh man, did I, I have my tables bad? Game. I might have had my tables done. It, it happens. It happens. That's why, <laughs> that's why I don't build a lot of tables. I'm not. No, I have S- I have at FSG and then FSG again. Oh, that's so this week. Austin Gomber and Ch- yeah, Chase yeah. Anderson. Yeah, that's this week, I guess. I was, see. I'm looking at the next week's. Oh, I see. Here. Okay, you're right. You guys are talking about Fabus. You see, what do you need? Why am I here? I don't, I don't well, know. No, we're, so, you guys know well, what you're doing. Instead of specific names, not so much specific names, Nick, you could bring a very valuable discussion to the table in terms of just the strategy of streaming down the stretch, because like you mentioned, I think it's very important. Yeah, we focus on the names itself and try to help out with that stuff, but just the idea of streaming, how valuable it is. But I think the conversation was just like, look ahead, no schedules, have an idea of what to expect in terms of schedules, but obviously be, be willing to pivot. But how important, I think the main conversation I wanted to take away was just how important schedules are at the beginning of the year when you're trying to stream and then towards the end of the year when you're realizing that there's only so much time left and so much, so many games left, like you really kind of, this is when schedules matter the most again. That was kind of, yeah, that's would, kind of what I was trying to bring into that. I'm absolutely with you there. Um, I, I will say the last week of the year is the worst week of streaming there is. <laughs> well, yeah. Everyone's it, either getting shut down or two start two. Yeah, it's also and... you get weirdness from you know you yeah you you see like seventy pitch games. You see guys that are a little bit more fatigued. Um, you think you have this schedule circle and they're like yeah we're just going to shut them down for the rest of the year. You know, um, it's really impossible. Actually, last year I think I, I keep a streaming record through the year and i don't think i've had a single season where i've gone 100 wins i've gone like essentially 95 plus in every year but i've got i was at 99 with four games left and i didn't get it oh man and yeah it was it's not fun um i'm I'm on pace this year but i need to you know the the last weekend of the year is just like what is what is this who so you are wainwright you're the wainwright of fantasy baseball yeah (laughs) right there you're right there i mean he's not a hall of famer so i don't like this that's Uh, fair that's fair i don't like this i'll be the granky how about that those those are both tough but yeah uh, not as bad as jock peterson trying to catch a fly ball really right now as he fell over but that's oh is that right oh my goodness that's, uh, that's, I, I do have a question then uh, what, what would you think about streaming relief pitchers the final week then no. they're probably more likely to get innings or at least like say like a typical well, rp on a competing team let me let Don't me add ever tell me nick how yeah. about relievers you know, instead well of that's starters. why that's why i was going to twist this i was going to twist this what's your thoughts on mason miller coming back to only throw about 50 <laughs> pitches a game well that's the thing start, i think a lot of people are going to maybe spend time. a little too much on uh on mason miller um because yeah. that's not he's not the guy you want to go for here there we go. Um, over here. Yeah, Mason. That, that's my reaction Just to that. The Mason, like, Mason I, Miller, same thing. I think Stop by the end there. of the year, it's good. But yeah, as you mentioned, he's probably not going to go enough uh, to really make it worthwhile. 
what about Walker Bueller for you? Bueller's in a similar boat. Yeah, so same with same with Bueller. Um, it, I think like the last game of the season is decent for Mason. Maybe like the last two, but there's also John John Means, right? So I'm like, oh, maybe John Means. It's really for one game against the Nationals that you'd be going for with John Means, and I don't know. Like he would come back for the Rays, I think, replacing Colvin after the next one. But then it's a terrible matchup. I can't remember who it is, but it's a bad one. Um, yeah, you absolutely want to avoid. For those and not then, track at home, John Means is uh, making his final rehab start this Friday, and then has to. He come has back. to. He has to come back, so he'll be back next week. Right. It's not like we want him to come back. No, he he has to and because he'll be, he'll be pretty much for as long as he has. Out. He'll be stretched out too, which is cool. yeah. Um, uh, so be careful with that. Honestly, I would say as much as possible, focus on the next two weeks than the last two weeks. The last two weeks is a fool's errand. That's a great point. Yeah, and we were fooling on the last two weeks, so we are fools, Curlin. We, we got that through. <laughs> well, like, we, I, we, never, we, you guys are we, never fools. We, we didn't need Nick to tell us that, but we got like it just it well, just the I situation. Think, <laughs> what I was getting, I, the reason why I'm so focused on the last two weeks is because it goes back to just trying to. Curlin's out of money. That's why that's, he's trying to focus yeah. on the last I'm, two so, weeks. I'm not a fan. But it's, yeah, it's a lot of people um, have given up by then, right? That's the thing. Yes, I, I, I'm looking at it like uh, the biggest edge to be gained is the final two weeks because there's the, the least amount of certainty. So maybe on the pitching side of things, it's probably near impossible to truly peg what's going to occur. But that's why we were talking about hitting streamers, because I think most lineups out, and right now you're kind of getting it's a lot of young guys coming in and out and all that. But I think on the hitting side of things, you might be able to get a better idea of what's going to happen rest of season. Sure. And you can sure. kind of get ahead of the curve there on the hitting side and leave yourself the money for the pitching side, knowing that, as Nick mentioned, it's 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 ridiculous it's a, it's it's playing russian roulette or well that's not that's not a game you all play we get my point <laughs> enough, enough for streamers it's, talks we got 20 game. minutes we got 20 minutes for full ratings <laughs> no, i'm just kidding um i do have to ask uh, i know i just totally changed the subject here i am a i can be an idiot at times and i'm fully will admit this what does the aga highlighted on the t-shirt for cole reagan stand for when it comes to weight management we tend to put our focus on what we eat but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great 
talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed Mike. I, I was gonna play dumb. Ace I was like, is gonna yeah. ace. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, yeah. I knew. I knew I was an idiot. I knew I was an idiot. I told oh, you. My. I told you. I, I mean, I understand. I understand that there is a translation for like the normal. What is the point of this? Yeah. Uh, as soon as you but, said it, I recognize that you say yeah, that before. Said, so. like, oh, that makes sense because he's an ace. Well, yeah. I mean, I, the thing is, I am also in my own little bubble of people shouting like AGA when for this player. You know, um, I get that all the time. So. I've heard you say that time or two. Like I, I know that's one thing you say. So it's like, Unbelievable. Says, like oh, that makes sense. I, I cannot. No, I'm, just, I'm just joking, guys. Of course, again, how could I ever be upset that you don't know friends. a term I made up? That's the most like. Why? Well, just because once you say, I'm like, okay, it makes total sense now. It's genius. But like, at first, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, at first, I see that. I'm like, why? I almost tweeted it to you too. You're I like, I got like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, so I was like, did I miss something here? Like, like what's going on here? <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Yeah, oh, I mean, you get it, it now. Works, like, though. oh man, oh. that 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 makes all makes the sense, sense, right? Makes yeah. total sense. Nice. Yeah. You can't spell Reagan's without AGA. How are we drafted him next year? Top fifty, oh, pitch, top thirty pitcher, top twenty pitcher. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Was I on here like a each, month ago being like, yo, Reagan's? And you're like, yeah, whatever, yeah, Nick. Each week it gets moved up. It's a, an insane topic. Well, it's frustrating because he hasn't faced tough opponents really yet. That's true. Uh, and now it's the actual test. Like he gets the Jays and then the Astros twice. Are the it Jays really a lot easier than they mess around with Granky or Are the Jays really oh, cool. tough right now without Bichette? Without um, good question. I mean, all right, then we get steps up, right? The two, the two Astros ones are going to be tough enough. We'll go with that That's, one. Yeah, <laughs> but, but uh, even so, then, um, I'm just looking at like I, the comp that comes to mind in terms of where he should, probably should be priced. A player with he was a pedigree guy. He did have pedigree in Texas before not having it anymore all of a sudden and uh-huh. put it, so take so a little bit of pedigree and obviously showing us really good stuff right now reagan's reminds me a lot of like where he should be going around where lazardo and Lodolo were going where that good 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 pictures with stuff that flashes on bad teams with like and that was kind of at least that was the thought coming into the year yeah. right so yeah, yeah, that's yeah. kind that kind of comp in terms of skills and bad team like why wouldn't he go in that range now maybe, maybe there's gonna be more hype Coming off of such because maybe it's a but I don't know that's kind of where I, my head went in terms yeah. of like the I, I, I totally understand. Um, the one thing I really have, I mean, I'm gonna be talking about Cole Reagan's the entire offseason. I imagine like he's mm. gonna be the guy of like first pitch Arizona. Yeah, there's always a guy or something. He's gonna, gonna be this be, all the Cole, be, who's the next, next year's Cole Reagan's or something like that. And be like, guys, there's always a next year, whatever. There was yeah. none last year of Cole Reagan's. There won't be one next year. The man is a unicorn. The whole story. Oh, oh. Reagan's is, that, is like Strider. He's like Strider. No, he's not like Strider. He has five pitches. <laughs> yeah, like, you, you, oh, just, yeah, you just. I, I'm, you I'm just talking about no. Like we saw him in spring training, we knew he was dope. It was just a matter of time before he. I'm talking about coming coming out of out of out of a relief role into a starting role and running away with what you put me through here. Oh, this is the best. They, they're not the like, they're nothing alike in terms of skill set. I'm aware. I'm, I'm talking. Just, about, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying, with you. I'm trying to time. give you the storyline here. I'm trying to give you the weird cop storyline. Yeah, I, I know. I'm just messing with Justin. Ste- Justin Steele is like Strider. They're two pitch pitchers that dominate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm gonna really, I'm gonna really throw him for a tail okay, spin here. <laughs> at least, at least my guy, at least my oh guy, okay. at least, at least so, my guy topped out at 100. Gosh. All <laughs> right. Okay. So, so let me let me just break this down quickly of just understanding Reagan's. I've heard credit being given to the wrong thing. Reagan's two-time Tommy John was a uh, was I think the 30th pick overall or something like that. Uh, maybe not. Maybe it was someone else I'm thinking of. It doesn't matter. 
two-time Tommy John, was throwing like 92 the end of last year. I remember looking at him going, oh, he's kind of nibbling. Like he has an approach that's kind of decent of like four seamers up and cutters inside to righties and change-ups away. But like he needs to get a little bit better at it. And he's at 92. Maybe he turns into like a Wade Miley, like a Toby kind of thing. Goes to Tread Athletics over the uh, the offseason. And they completely change his entire workout, everything. They add four ticks. And keep in mind, this wasn't a guy who was just always 92 in his career, then 96. Like they really, uh, you know, when coming back from Tommy John, you kind of forget things and you have to relearn. And he they tweaked it back. And he was ready to go. I mean, if you remember the quotes from like March, they were saying Cole Reagans was turning heads and everything. He just they didn't get an opportunity. And I remember thinking, oh, man, like he's going to get that opportunity, right? Because the the Rangers are the Rangers yep. and those all those guys are going to get hurt. So they, can, they, can they never right give now. it to him. I remember this. They gave it to Dane Dunning in first. And I was like, I was just infuriated. <laughs> I was like, this is dumb. I want to see Cole Reagans. He's throwing harder now. And he had this four inning uh, relief appearance. And that was it, right? And I was like, what? What is this? So then he gets traded. And I go, oh, this is going to happen. <laughs> no. Do you remember the day where he made his first start? I have the receipts, Curland. Everyone was freaking out about Alec Marsh. It was a double header. He had yep. 11 strikeouts that game. And I had a tweet that was about Cole Reagans throwing fastballs upstairs at 97. And like, oh, this is the one that matters. And I was like, yeah, shut up, Nick. 11 Ks for Marsh, and he didn't get an opportunity until Ryan Yarbrough got his, right? And this has nothing to do with the Royals. This has everything to do with Tread Athletics and then just getting an opportunity to soar. Now, the reason why it's not a – you can't really do a comp, and I get it from, like, a relative standpoint of, like, you want to find something. How do we frame this? And it's – you know, I remember actually last year on this panel uh, with First Pitch Arizona where it was just – I think it was with Jeff Zimmerman. It was just like – Whatever you want to say, oh, that like, must have oh, been the one going on while I was recording a podcast next door. That must oh, have is that right? Uh, you did oh, the I wrong thing. So. Yeah. That's that's your fault. Okay, <laughs> uh, you would have this information already. And by the way, if you're not signed up listening to this to go to First Pitch Arizona, you're doing it wrong yeah, because yeah, that is the greatest the weekend of the year. I, yeah, I cannot. Curlin's not going. I'm Are you serious? Not, I probably can't make it again this year. Unfortunately. No, Dude, it, it, was, it was one of my favorite experiences I've had. I cursed so much. It made you blush <laughs> and, you, and you yelled at me. Yes. But, um, every time I, th- I got into a one piece swimsuit with Mason, yes! like yeah. no one, like, these are the things that happen. Like, you know, it's like girls. Got it was wild, the best. It was 2021, not... I believe. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was Arizona. But uh, what, what the question was like, okay, who's this year's strider, right? And Javier. And before that, it was like, who's the next Bieber in Glasnow, right? Yeah. And there's always... always this like, oh, who's the next X? And there are like, six different variables that the pitcher can uh, can improve upon to become from go from nothing to something, right? And one of those is velocity increases. And then the other one is opportunity. And Cole Reagan's needed both of those. And there's no way that you can predict that. You, you just can't. The thing you can do is you can monitor when these guys do show up and they actually show those signs beforehand. And what makes them so interesting, though, and why I call him a unicorn, it's five pitches, as Bubba said. I mean, yeah. this is the thing that blows my mind the most and had me freak out and make those stupid videos about my reactions that are all genuine, and you know that. Yes. Like, <laughs> it, it's just, he throws his four-seamer inside, it's, like, perfect there, and then he sets a cutter inside, which I talk about everyone trying to do, and no one does it effectively. Like, he has the approach. Tread Athletics like, yeah, we know how to do a good approach. Just do this. And he's doing it. And I, he's not Strider in this way because Strider was uh, was someone that we expected to be good when he got the opportunity. But it was That's a little bit like, hey, is he going to be able to throw enough strikes essentially? And he did, and there you go. Uh, but with Reagan's, it's like 
I, I mean, Jason Benetti was saying like, this dude is so sick. Like what the, what is this dumb against the White Sox, right? <laughs> Steve St- uh, Stone on the other side was just like, yeah, this is crazy. And I, how high should he go next year? I don't know. It's, we don't know how long his command is going to last, That's right? That's the concern. thing. That's what has me freaking out so much is it's command of five pitches, right? You can say everything you want about health. I get it. I, I think a lot of guys have health risks. And like, if Cole Reagans gets hurt next year or something, everyone's going to go, Oh man, he got hurt. But like, ugh, come on, who doesn't get hurt? Would, so, would you prefer that if he dropped it to like a three pitch type of deal? No, absolutely like, not. I wasn't sure. I, hey, you're talking about command. If you focus more so if you're training on like three, maybe four of those pitches, drop one of them. But he has command of five right now. I know, but if you're, <laughs> I'm just trying to throw out an idea, Nick. Gosh, this is what the bars like at first pitch, Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Us yelling at each other about who we like and who we don't and why. I, I also, like, oh, I also just like to poke at Nick and like, I, I yeah. know what gets him going. All I gotta do is say some outlandish stuff, like call him Strider. I'll always. Well, 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 why why we have Nick? I want to ask him another question because we know we could talk Cole Reagans forever. But there was a tweet he put out, and I know Curlin, you and I have talked about Aaron Savali on this show. The the velocity mm. changes, the pitch mix changes. Maybe it's me and Bloomfield. I don't know. He I doesn't too, stop. I did too many shows. But <laughs> what I wanted to ask, he had twelve Ks, and yeah. uh, Nick put out a picture of his plot instead of the Blake Snell blueprint. Are we starting to believe he's is this? Like I, I know the answer, but I'm just gonna say it. is this a Tampa Bay Rays thing? And should should we trust them until they have to have Tommy John surgery again? Well, okay. So so there's a couple things. One, the Rays like investing in injured pitchers because that's just kind of uh, it's cheap. Yeah, it's it's their market uh, value, right? They're that's the red light special the, at Kmart. That's what they're doing. Yeah, the uh, it's like the the more the best deal on the market, right? Yep. So they go for that kind of thing. Um, I've been shouting about Savali for ages about hey, cutter curveball. You have to throw the 65 percent of the time right and stop throwing these fastballs as much we've seen that that's good it's, it was actually kind of interesting he didn't do well the first two starts nope. and it was under 60 percent cutters and curveballs i'm like raise what the heck like you guys are supposed to be the smart ones you know and that's not it and then he went back to it not only but he also increased the slider usage in the one uh yesterday that is on uh on monday and that was beautiful right at the bottom i mean this pitch separation i don't know if we can just say the rays are necessarily saying like be better at spotting and pre- being precise. I mean, maybe they did something to tweak the command. I don't necessarily think of the Rays as like, oh, you need your command fix. Here you go. I mean, look at Taj Bradley. Uh, you know, it's true. it's Tyler Glasnow has never really been the the poster boy of command, right? True. Uh, so I think that Savali generally is good though. And if they say, yeah, you are focusing a little bit too much on YM lock, that is middle thigh high fastballs, as opposed to going up or down. Uh, which I totally agree on. There's nothing that gets me more upset than like a fastball away from a hitter that's middle and they just like hit it for a single. I'm like, what is this? What are we why doing? did you, why, why is this a life yeah. that you want to live? Like, why is this a life you want to live? It, it's just, you're like, hey, cool. Here's your intent. I'm like, why is this aim higher? Honestly, the one situation, I'm like, aim lower, you know, just don't aim there. Yeah. Uh, but I, but with Savali, he actually did four seamers up, sinkers up. Cutter was actually up too, which is fine. That can be the cannibal McSanchez, which is, uh colin McHugh and animal sanchez that would do cutters high in the zone right and then we get called strikes and that works but then he also had cutters low he had curveballs low he had sliders low and he voided if you saw that what's really cool is he avoided the middle of the plate and one of the uh, the stats that we're coming up with which makes all the sense it just doesn't really exist um with us we have a plv we can actually define what we call a mistake pitch as under a 4.5 plv and that is a pitch that uh it's kind of clean how that is it's already known as a bad pitch but it's like even more so 
one that's in the zone that has a double chance to allow a hit. Um, it's just that simple. It's like, yeah, this is a mistake. It's two times the chance to allow the hit in the zone. And that's mostly defined, what do you know, around the heart of the plate, just slightly lower. So when you see these strike zone plots, um, what you want to see are two things. Groupings of pitch types together and then separation away from that middle, right, where the mistakes are. So that's what Savali did. I hope it's a raised thing. That sounds great. So. But uh, it seems, you know, I don't know if he's going to repeat it. Curlin, uh, do you have any specific pictures or questions for Nick? Because I could ask him all day, but I don't want to hog the whole stage here. <laughs> no, I no, I, it's fun. no, you go for it. You're the host. I'm just listening to Nick talk pitching. I always find it fascinating because it re- reminds yeah. me, it reminds me of what to add to my analysis because mm-hmm. on the fly, like I'll look at like what I try to do is look at the savant recaps almost every day. And I, I'll look at like the pitch mix. Okay. Was there a change? Was the game more whiffs with certain pitches? And I've been slowly nice. incorporating more of the location of these pitches and mm. and where and how many what are they throwing against who like are they throwing cutters against lefties curveballs against righties whatever it might be you know just curious to see yeah. where it's going One how he's locating them and yeah. I try but it's it's a matter of getting into a groove of doing that so I, when I if I'm sitting here looking disinterested it's because I fidget a lot that's the ADHD but it's actually because I'm trying to listen to what you're saying so I can try to figure out how I can incorporate that on the fly because my header analysis I have such a systematic approach to it that it turns into it's just it's almost like it's like breathing you just kind of know sure. what to do pitching yeah. i've come up with an approach that's gotten me through the year comfortably streaming and doing my own thing with analysis but then i like to listen to people who like pitching is your life nick like i'm aware that this is your baby you will live and die by i'm sure you're great at it though Curly. i'm so. I, I feel he i feel is. confident he, he, i feel confident he's, he's, he's very good at it he i'm confident yeah. i'm confident and i think what's helped is the fact that i feel very comfortable I've learned to take what I'm learning and and apply it to fantasy. And that's kind of where I'm still, it's still one of the hardest things to do because there's real life and then there's fantasy and then you're trying to take this and merge it. But somebody like you, that this is what you live for. You live for pitching, Nick. And it's no one kind of wild how it just turned into that. It was just like, I mean, you know, this like niche, right? This is, yeah. this is the thing. All right. This is, this is the thing I'm going to do. I'm going to be as dang good as I can at this one. And thing. so I listened to you talk about pitching. So I'm sitting here, like I'm looking disinterested. I, it's not because I'm rude. It's because I'm behind yeah. a camera, not in person talking, but it's, um, I'm listening to how you dive in. That's what we'd be doing. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm over here. Uh, listening, so I'm listening to you something. truly. So I guess what I'm saying is, when I'm when I'm done kissing ass here, what I'm saying is, uh, I'm I have nothing really to ask. In terms of, no names popping into my head. I'm just actually genuinely. I have one listening. for you though. I have okay. one for you. Uh, yeah. so so I before I say that, actually, one thing we're gonna try and add to the SP roundup next year is, if you know, inside of our game logs, we we have the expanded uh that um expanded pitch detail uh table with PLV inside of it, and also mm-hmm. the um the strike zone plot. I uh, I want to make inside the, the SP roundup when you click on the line, it actually expands that open for you. So you can actually see Ooh. see the, on, on the actual page inside of the article of the SP roundup. That'd be pretty sweet. That's like the last that's like the last element I want. Maybe I'll add oh, like Oh no, you don't eat Nick. It's never the last element. It's never the last element. Just to add to the SP roundup. <laughs> oh, there's 20 million things we're doing. I'm about to say, don't even go there. No, 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 no. But the last element of the roundups, it's like I just need I need that. I want it because like I feel like a lot of times I just report. The stuff that I'm looking at from Savant, and I'm like, no, 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 no. We have this data. Let's actually just give it to you straight, so you can do your own analysis. Maybe I missed something in that as well. Outside of, of course, me watching the game. Um, but I saw a really good tweet from you today, uh, Kerland, about Justin Steele. Yes. Uh, maybe it was yesterday. Uh, talking about you had a little bit of worry going after a pitcher uh, that has a low velocity fastball and a slider, and that's two pitch mix. Uh, and I, I think I saw someone say like, hey, he changes the shape on the slider and it's funny i think it's a cutter really on his fastball it's not even like a four seamer 
is essentially like a cutter almost. Um, and I had the same exact skepticism that you do. So I wanted you to get a chance to really talk more about that with Justin Steele. Well, Justin Steele, I was actually in on at cost because my thing is, is acquisition, acquisition cost and fantasy paired with something that shows reason for upside, right? And we saw the complete revamp of his arsenal midway through last year, right? Justin Steele kind of just like, hey, I'm going to just throw these two pitches and that's what's going to be. That's it, it is what it is. The problem is, is when you don't watch enough of the game footage, and this is where watching games matters because, um, I don't see enough for Justin Steele starts. I've watched a good amount of them, especially in the beginning of the year, where I have more time, but. It's one of those things where I'm, I had I noticed, a good friend telling you how good he was. Only you had a good friend. I did. I have him on my main event team for a reason. <laughs> and I, I remember you you and Simeon were giving me a hard time because you're like, you're just now in on steel. I was like, hey, I was behind on my prep. <laughs> I'm I, never going to be in on steel. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I, ha- I, hey, have, well, I have a shirt idea I'm saving for off the air about steel that I might make for first pitch. We're throwing it that way. Oh, I know what. But, I mean, come on. Everyone's made this joke. Exactly. No, what you want. Oh, but okay. it's, it's a twist on that. It's okay. Yeah. All right. But anyway, uh, so so I, so I watch his starts. And I'm like, even when he when he like he'll throw a fastball up, and it, you can see like some of his fastballs look different, and the sliders. There's, there's times where it's loopier, and there's like you mentioned, it's more of like a cutter. And I've seen that, but the problem is the Savant doesn't really pick that up, and you'll see like a small deviation in his H in his H move for like that start. But like, mm-hmm. and so it's like you're not really quite getting the fact that he varies well unless you watch the games. But when he misses, like it's weird because he'll miss a, he'll miss his spots right in the middle of the zone, and oh, yeah. hitters still won't. Hit I don't him. get I don't it. Understand it? I don't, I don't, I don't get, it. get it. Like I watched fastball 90, 92, 93 at the, like I, at the at the letter. Not even I don't get this. I really I don't I understand don't. how he's having this season. I, I'm wondering I, it's is, is it my t- mind. It has he to be. A, ton- he had a great season last year too, guys. Let's not discount. No, that. but okay, it so wasn't what, so though. This is the thing. This the is first the thing. half was it, awful oh, or mediocre. First half was bad, and also he his whip was terrible the entire year. So whatever you want to say about first half, second half, the whip was still bad. Uh, he uh, he was always a hard contact mitigator though, and. It's the thing is because it's cutters more so than four seamers, right? Those are not four seamers. They they just have that cut, and he's able to get that inside a decent amount. It's kind of weird to hit, but his command has been weird. And he's not hitting his spots all the time, and he's not getting punished for it. Like anytime I feel weird about a pitcher, it's very rare. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying that whatever, but there have been times like, oh no, no, I totally missed X, Y, and Z, and this is why. Here you go. And but then I was like, it's weird, but Mitch Keller was doing as well as he was, and then Mitch Keller kind of fell off, and now he's done back again. But it's he's just, back, yeah. I don't like weird, man. And if it's weird, I could be just very wrong and out. But Justin Steele is too weird to me, especially as you mentioned, two pitches where are they both elite? Is the slider elite? I thought that was his best pitch coming in, and now it's the fastball. I get a 30% whiff rate. I'm a 30% whiff rate. I'm not uh, overly great. like, I'm not through the moon for like, I, I hear the here's the thing though. If you were in this year, you profited huge. Next yeah. year, the price you're, you it's well, gonna this, be this, like, this is what I'll ask you because I have an extra question. Because they're gonna go, I'm assuming they'll go close to each other in drafts. You know, Nick mentioned the whip Reagan. issues last year. No, 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 no. <laughs> Justin Steeler, Fran Rivaldez. Oh gosh, don't do that to me. There's like, lots, a lot of similarities. When can you look I skip? Stat, you know, like, I hate Framber. Can I skip I, both of them? No, I'm, I'm not, not both of them. I'm not. I love I love to steal because of the fact that he was mispriced again, based on if you bought into some of those changes you saw, it was such a, it was like a 30 <laughs> inning sa- Nick, it was like a 30 <laughs> inning sample. It was believe. like it was such a small sample last year that you couldn't buy in fully, but at least you saw glimpses of a hope and a 380p. So get drafted for, next to each other. So those two made yeah. sense where they went last year. I can't I can't see myself paying up for steal at that price that he's it's probably gonna, gonna cost. Just so you know, just so we're very clear and I here. Think, I think Framber, Framber Valdez. And actually, it's Framber, what's surprising to me is that they would be close because Framber was very, very good and consistent for like three months or something. 
and it's really been like the last six weeks or so. It's just Nick, like what's Nick, going Nick, on. You know, and well I can actually like, tell you see stat lines. They see stat lines. I can tell you what's wrong with Valdez, and it's maddening. I like. There are times that here I am in my in my lovely chair. By the way, it's a steel case gesture, and it is the greatest purchase I ever made five years ago for my back. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna check it is the great. I know everyone's steel. sitting yeah. up right now. If you're listening, you're sitting up a little bit better in your chair, aren't you? Uh, I, I highly recommend the best investment you can make is a chair, especially in the n- days of remote living. Anyway, I uh, with with Framber Valdez. I'm here. I am in this chair. I'm like, dude, why are you not throwing your curving and and cutter more? I don't get it. The cutter is so good. And even when I was, we were at San Francisco, right? We were at the game. I turned around, like, Framber Valdez had a bad start or something. And Eno's right there. And he go, Eno. And he goes, yeah, I know, the cutter, what's, why is he not throwing? I'm like, I don't know. You know, and it drives us insane. He threw under t- double digits and both his curve and his cutter in his last start. And it's like, why? That's so much better. What, you want to live the life of just sinkers in the zone? And they just, oh, what do you know? 15 balls in play. Oh, I guess Babbitt got to me today. Why are you? <laughs> why? I guess Babbitt got to me today. I, I, I just it. don't. That's not fun. Get, no, it's not fun. The cutters are great. The curveball is your best pitch. Well, let's, let's have some understand. fun with this best pitch stuff here. And um, I would say the but, next year that gets ratified. I mean, it's the Astros. It's always, it is also always better to pitch for the Astros than it is the Cubs. Absolutely. I mean, it just is. If you look, if you look at Framber, he was a 57% sinker, 20% curve, 12% cutter, 10% change tonight. I mean, 20% at least. I mean, I, I want to see 50% curve and cutter. Yeah. I don't want to see 30. That's a heavy sinker arsenal. Tonight. Yeah. And the, and the sinker, actually, there's a point I think he was down to 40% on. I'm like, yes. You know what's kind of crazy, too, is like three years ago, if someone was throwing 40% fastballs, you go, <gasps> my pearls, you know? And it's just now it, it, it's like normal. And you see 50%, 60%. You go, what? What was wrong with this guy? Why is he doing that? Yeah, no, oh, my gosh. Was, Tyler, was up four know? and a half miles an hour, too. He had 29% whiff on it. Not to beat a dead horse, guys, but I'm going to beat a dead horse. I, Ray, you mentioned you, more aggressive than you need to. Well, right, because Reagan's, because I, again, I know oh, we're, going, going, we're going full circle here. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> well, here's the thing about Reagan's. So you mentioned when it comes to pitchers like that, they usually go, there's a change in the offseason, and then you have, you know, velocity change, pitch mix change, team change, opportunity change. Right, all of a sudden, he had a slider he didn't tell us about. Well, that's great. And so, so Reagan's is that he's kind of the guy that we hit on. But you know what? It's funny though, because for every Reagan's that there is, we chase the West Neskis and the Clark Schmitz of the world. That's oh, why sure. it's like we, my thing, what I guess my thing where, where my brain went with that was uh, we have to be very mindful because, like, yes, Reagan's is why we chase that stuff, but spring training hype is why we shouldn't. Because now, now I will say <laughs> it's, it's tough. Now, West Reagan's again is a unicorn. Right. Yes. My excitement about him wasn't because like Wisniewski, it was really one pitch. Yeah. It was the sweeper. I remember in the offseason, I was like, oh, you know what? The cutter and, and the four seamer should get wasn't the velo. Velo was also velo up was as well. Up too, I think spring. a tick or two. But I, I'm just saying like what in general, like offseason, like why I could consider Wisniewski being good mm-hmm. was uh, it was just like, oh, man, that, that breaking ball is just so nasty. Right. Um, and with Reagan's, it's like I, it's I just lot, I can't yeah. express. It's just it's there's so many things to love. Um, and that's what no, I, I wasn't trying to me. comp them. I wasn't trying to comp. No, them. I understand. I was, I was trying to comp, I was trying comp of like, the uh, opportunity. Yeah, yes. I'm trying to say, like, okay, so like the lessons we can learn about which kind of guys generally hit and which don't. One, the biggest one I learned in 2022, I call it now the Waskari Noah rule. Um, because <laughs> you know, Noah, it was also, I mean, a great example is Matt Brash as well. Yeah. These guys that have an amazing single breaking ball and uh, they're mostly two pitch where this fastball is not elite. I don't go for that. 
I don't I don't want to touch this. Why I didn't want to go for Luis Ortiz is why I didn't want to go for Ronzi Contreras. Um, yeah. In the preseason, there was some hype about him. I was like, no, he has a good slider and then nothing else. And I'm not going to go for this because that breaks the Wasker Inoa rule, right? <laughs> and yeah. I was really in on Wasker Inoa. This I, I called that rule on purpose as kind of like a scarlet letter of like, you know. Like a reminder. A reminder. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I was like, I, hey, this is because I messed up, right? Um, so with the Wesneski, uh, I found myself steering away from him for that reason. I was a little excited at the very last pick. Like, sure, if he gets an opportunity, let's see if the fastball actually does uh, you know, is as good as we want it to be. But that's really the main takeaway for me when it comes to those flyers. Now, I was really in on Reed Detmers because the fastball was better. The slider was really good. The curveball, I, th- I thought he had a three-pitch mix that was all legit. And it was at times, and we've all at seen times, yeah. those three working, and then he just goes out of it. And the big thing for that, the Angels, when we talk about like a good pitching team and a bad pitching team, as like development-wise, it's not about getting guys to the peak. It's about having them stay there, and when they falter, Bailey, they uh, have a, uh, they have the help to get them back on track. Reed Demers needed to go to the minor leagues to see Buddy Carlisle to get fixed in 2022. He, he couldn't get the help in the majors, and yeah. that's the problem. The Angels are a mess. So the biggest, we, we know biggest hit on Reagan's is that I don't trust the Royals staff to help him in season. But that's I do trust Fred Athletics, so maybe they'll just be fine. Uh, so that, that's that, those are my takeaways when I think about those. And I think it's a great conversation to have. Like, let's I'm going to do a whole thing about like reviewing my process at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Which were the guys that were in on or not? Should I be changing how I think about guys, that kind of thing in general? Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about the next couple of weeks for Cole Reagans. If he's doing exactly the same thing, it's like that's what Cole Corbin Burns did. You know, yep. Corbin Burns in 2020 had like six or really 10 games of it. But it was really what, six or eight starts. And he did the thing constantly through it. And there you go. And I should have been more aggressive on that one. Um, heard, but yeah, right here first, guys. Reagan's is uh, Corbin Burns. Well, spe- speaking, of, speaking of Corbin Burns. Honestly, like, said, yeah. Speaking of Corbin Burns, explain to me why Freddie Peralta is the best pitcher in Milwaukee. That's all I got to say. I mean, he just – How did he also show the changeup? Like, what? The last, like – Eight or nine starts from him is just ridiculous what he's put together on the mound. So it's like at least it's not a small sampling. Like it's at least a decent sample. So size there are two things doing. here at play. Uh, one, two ticks harder on the fastball this year. You know, the biggest concern we had about him was that he was down to from like 93 and change to 92. And we thought the shoulder would still be hurt. He's up to 94 and a half. Um, and he was out of the gate. And I remember actually, I think the first edition of the list I put out this year was Freddie Peralta's photo being like, well, when I, what was I doing? <laughs> Why did I have him at 40, 41? Like I should have him higher up. But then he actually fell off a little bit because he actually wasn't able to get his breaking stuff over the plate again. And then he finally did. And the results weren't as good. It was like 10 strikeouts, but like 300 runs or something like that. And everyone was like, this is good, but not. And it was, I remember actually, if you read my roundups going, what the heck? Why is it not amazing? <laughs> like, it was like, this is it. It's all there. I, like, I don't understand. I'm like, I didn't move him on the list down because I was just like, no, this is, this should be working, yeah. you know, and then eventually you just hit the TV enough and it gets to the channel and starts working. And there you go. <laughs> and that, that really has been it. I mean, he it's essentially it's slider curveball as his two secondaries. It gets restricts. But now all of a sudden last start, it was like a 44 CSW change up over 20 thrown. It's glorious. Glorious. You don't, what? You don't have that. He's doing a Luis Castillo out there. Oh, man, it, it, he's so good. And it's amazing extension. So that 94 is like 97, 98. Like it's, I, I, I'm just glad you didn't tell me, Bubba, you're dumb for saying Peralta is the best pitcher in Milwaukee. So I appreciate you. Oh, no, he, he is. He, he's yeah. the only one with an ace is going to ace right now, actually. Oh, this is great. No, I, 
How we dare go. you? How dare you poo poo? No, this is great because well, he hasn't done Bloomfield, it long enough yet. Bloomfield, so like, I always have a rule: mission. you need to do it for three starts after coming back from the IL, and he's been I a little think, bumpy. Hey, Woodruff's not been bumpy. How dare you? But he has. Have you? Did you have Woodruff do tonight? Not even very good, good actually. He might, if he did well tonight, he might have just earned it. So there you he go. He did Mike. actually very well tonight. Seven oh, shut there out. You go. Probably earned it. Seven shut out. There you go. Burns that almost had it like three times this year, and then he just loses it. Then he has, yeah, then he has like a dud oh, outing. And you're like, sorry. Yeah, he had that one meh outing at Texas to, in between all these really good outings. Woodruff, I'm talking about here. Yeah. No, Burns, Burns has had too many meh outings. And I'll keep going to that well because everyone keeps claiming Burns to be the best pitcher in Milwaukee. I'm like, uh-uh, not so fast. Not true. It's not so fast. I, I just I can't I can't quit Woodruff. I just can't. I should know I should but be able to yeah, Jerry McGuire. I, I love Woodruff. Yeah, um, whatever. Show me the money. There you go. Well, there. essentially, okay, so the reason why he doesn't have season, season, ace, just so you know, is because Texas was the first like actual tough start. Yep. And he did not come through. It that's was okay. what I waited for. Look, I can't give him aces going to ace before Texas because it was four earned runs on three hits. They just but what Nick's saying runs. is quality of opponents. I understand, basically. but it was only four strikeouts too. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Well, Miles, your best yes. Mario there. That was good. Hey, hey, both of you to your corners. That's <laughs> it's fair. He's not wrong. I just, I need, I just want to be positive here. <laughs> I, don't, he's, don't he's, not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I just want, I need positivity. You don't understand how bad I need Woodruff to Woodruff for the rest of the year. Like in a good way though, not in a bad way. I, I need I mean, him. I, look, I have Woodruff and Tout, so I need Woodruff to Woodruff. Yes, Woodruff needs to Woodruff. You good? You're gonna say oh, something. You're gonna say something. I want to catch on. you off. No, you good? Oh, I just had one just quick one for you. Yeah, he's 27 years old, former Dodgers prospect, Andre Jackson with the Pirates, showing some signs of life since joining that rotation. Cincinnati at Minnesota, Cubs and the Royals. But signs of life, I would say. Is yeah. this something we should maybe buy into down the stretch? Or should we just be like, you know what? It's been cool. See you next time. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that he did well against Kansas City. Uh, he had a good changeup in that game. Four-seamer was fine. Um, I don't really think it's anything exceptional. The, the matchups are decent, right? He has, like, I think it's Milwaukee twice or something like that. Um, I'm not really chasing this. I don't really think there's enough in the well here. Uh, none of his pitches really grayed out super well. Um, it's 15 teamers. You could do worse. At least he's getting the opportunity. Now he's at up to 86 pitches in the last start, uh, against the Kansas City Royals. But yeah, I'm not really a big fan. Yeah. That's why I wanted wanted to ask, cause he's going to be out there. He's got a two step next week, potentially that, uh, you know, it's at, uh, I got it right here. He's got it home versus Washington and then at home versus the Yankees. So not the greatest, but still interesting to say the least. So I'd bring it up. Um, I do have a question. Your thoughts on Hunter Green, real quick? Just because ever since sure. he came back from the IL, we've seen him struggle with the long ball, which is not a surprise. We've seen him struggle in the past with that, but he came back with a new shaped slider almost. It was like it's getting a whole lot more sweeping motion to it. It looks like and it's two miles per hour slower. I don't know if yeah. you and that caught my attention because I'm like. What made him change that? Because wasn't his slider pretty solid? Guys will always change these things and be like, "That's a massive, better." Seems like a massive change. I think. I I think I have to look at it again. I think something I noticed was that he was able to maybe get it in the zone more. Maybe that's what helps. Or maybe sometimes that happens when the guys either make it for more cut or more loopiness. Um, they do that. Uh, the way I see it is PLV loved it in his last start. Um, ten whiffs and forty-five thrown with that slider. And honestly, I'm not going to read too much into it because Hunter Green has good enough starts. We're at a point in the season where it's 
either you have them or you drop them and you're not dropping hunter green and you're going to start him with his decent schedule like it's just it's it's that so i'm curious what it is going to be uh but uh as far as the shape of that slider goes sometimes you see those changes and if he has good success which it clearly did in this one then like great you give him a thumbs up and i was just more so curious if you like that type of change or just honestly honestly, every time right sometimes i have no real opinions either way um results are going to pitching guru yeah i mean the thing is it's (laughs) just about location to me yeah whatever you can locate more uh when it comes to sliders like whatever variety i mean actually i think gyro sliders are better in most for the most part than sweepers um because missing vertically is always better missing horizontally um and gyro slider is the one that goes straight down um and uh the sweeper is the one of course that goes all the way across i also how many times have you got seen a batter like lean out and push the bat the other way on a sweeper and it's just like drives me insane so uh but one that goes down it's just a lot harder to hit so i mean if it as long as he locates it decently well it doesn't seem like it's an absolute sweeper at this point um it's just loopier um that's fine Sometimes it can yeah. be actually even better because it's even a larger velocity gap. Um, yeah, that's that. what I was kind of one of the bigger takeaways was like, at least it's a bigger change of velocity. And maybe my big thing was, was the, was the slider. When you throw a slider harder, it could be more of like a cut action than, than anything else. Sure. Well, right. Generally so the, whole, the whole game so is take, velocity yeah. versus movement. Right. And uh, so, and so that's why I'm like, one, I'm wondering, yeah. that's why I was wondering is the slider, does it take, did he get shelled toying with this the first two outings partly sure. because there's less tunneling going on. There's less like that. They don't mirror as well. It's a little more obvious what's coming out of his hand or how the ball, like where maybe the break is. Maybe he's just not getting it. It's just, I'm nah. wondering if that's the type of thing that could happen with, or no, I don't know. Nah, I I'm... think honestly, uh, there, there's two takeaways. I have one against the Jays. Like he pitched really well <laughs> and uh, actually pretty well. I think also against Arizona, I know it sounds crazy. Five walks and all he was just, there's a difference between a guy who's like really wild and mm. a guy who's nibbling just a little too far up, and you've just got to compress it a little bit, right? Uh, and you can really tell if it's, you've seen this, Carlin. You see like the scatter plot of mm-hmm. just a shotgun blast, and it's like, well, okay, Professor Chaos, you've returned. <laughs> and then you see the ones like, oh, he walked five guys? I guess so. I guess I can see like that these didn't work and you know, lost some batters and stuff. And that's how it was against Arizona for, for Hunter Green. Um, slider actually graded better in that start than it did in the recent one That's against funny. the Giants. That's hilarious, um, actually. So I, I, I see this as just like two starts coming back from the IL, yeah. got some bad luck, shaking off whatever rust in like certain situations. Fine, Hunter Green, you're you're good to go. Do you put any? I know I know home road splits aren't really a thing, but like obviously the park itself. Look how bad pitchers park are. Factor there. does. That's what Derek. Yeah, Cardi that's what yeah, 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 green, green, uh, green Lodello at home. It's a disgusting situation. If you look the at their splits, it's like, so do, should we be, should we? So I guess my next question is, and I know you probably need to get out of here, so I don't want to hold you up too much, but no, uh, no, I'm, I'm touched that you guys let me take over this podcast with you. Like, well, the it's heck? more so now we get to pick your brain. So again, I agree. I understand park factors are a thing, not home road splits. I, you're it's like, you're, you're all you're doing is taking it and flipping the wording. I don't care what you say. It's no home road way splits, different. Park way factors, no, different. I refuse to say that they're different because a pitcher, because okay home okay park factors so you're telling me when a pitcher pitches at that park that park is that, that park is just right. they're pitching, home right? road they're home, maybe, they're home but then again park. they're going into colorado or something then it's not okay. home road splits it's now it's a road because think, but... think of a team think of a player that's not on the res it has to go to great american pitchers. okay i understand what you're saying I, i'm kind of like i only ever apply i guess in my brain i only ever it's apply home road splits. for reds pitchers i only yeah. i only apply home road splits 
for the extreme home road players. So I guess it, I didn't that's really, the thing. this is why small so you're an exception then, because how I normally hear is like, I hear, Oh, James and Tyone's bad on the road. I'm like, what the, no, <sighs> okay. Well, like, I, you know, you random group, you know, it's random grouping. Maybe some guys don't like together. sleeping it's in a hotel bed. Not happens. likely that they average together. Right. No, I, I look at it. Like I I only look at home road splits for cores guys. And now Cincinnati's guys. So that's why I, so I guess hey, whatever, okay, that's fine. but that, but again, my brain is broken. I, I, I I'm weird. I'm wired a little different. I'm wired a little different. I'm aware. Broken uh, yeah, is not so the word I'd use. Yeah. Unique. Why yeah, different? A, whatever. Unique's a great word for it. Yeah, whatever. We want you to be unique. Curlin. We don't want we want you different. to be you. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, you. park factor. So okay, I, I I take back my stance. I, I agree with the park factor stance. After you guys obviously pointed out the point out the obvious, I was just ignoring. Like I never really <laughs> thought of like home road splits as anything other than the extremes in my brain because my brain was sure, like, yeah, that makes sense. The only ones that make sense are like when I thought of like, uh, what's his face, Herman Marquez, and guys that had right. home road splits because of where they played home or road or home never yeah, well, road. Well, his was weird because he was more comfortable in cores. Yeah. Uh, which is but, just like. I get I, I, Colorado Rockies are a whole animal, and I, I would own the I would be the owner of the Rockies. My first thing, move them out of Denver. I'll get them out of there. Yeah. Relocate to Tropicana Field. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you mean Oak uh, Coliseum? But, but yeah, with Hunter Green, I'm still gonna do it. No, but so I, I meant in general, like so. You have Lodolo, Hunter Green, yeah. or just I, pick your poison. However you feel about their guys it doesn't matter. Are you moving forward like next year? I'm dinging those guys a little bit because that home park is really dangerous to pitch in. Well, and if yeah, you look at these guys' we, numbers, we, at ha- that home we park, have been, haven't we? I don't, not this year. I don't think so. I think taking them where you were taking them. Yeah, that's very fair. You're taking these guys yeah. as like you're taking these guys as set and forget types. You're not taking them as yeah. we're streaming them on the road only so types. This is something that I tried as as much as I can to uh, to think about is limiting as many cherry bombs as I possibly can uh, on my teams. Um, and I remember at first being like, I mean, look, if you look at what Hunter Green's skill set is, it's very, very similar to Spencer Strider's. It's mm-hmm. incredibly similar. It's kind of wild. Even trying uh, to incorporate a changeup. And <laughs> uh, no, changeup. I say he's trying to. I didn't say he was good at it. Or funny, he Eno keeps fighting with Strider about it, and Strider's like, no. And yeah. I'm like, yes, Strider, go get him. So but I, but I mean, that's just me. Um, I, I don't think those that's the answer. I think it's just generally like, as you mentioned, actually your whole thing, like, no, focus on the pitches that you do have. They have better command on them, right? But what if you have good command on all of them already? Uh, that's Cole Reagan's. Okay. Um, I'm, I think I'm with you about like re- removing the cherry bomb types as much as possible. Those are the guys that are, are more volatile and have the higher potential of blowups and targeting more of your, uh, I don't, not innings eaters, ones that are like, I, I call them always the Alcantara Wheeler types. Which I know Alcantara didn't necessarily play out this year. Dependable but types. The guy like Bobby Miller to me is actually more like that of having fastballs that can get outs while also having secondaries that get whiffs. Um, that to me is I think the bread and butter of finding um, legitimate like league winning starters at this point. George Kirby was that. That's the name I, I was going to mention right now. He, but, right? But he, falls right, he falls right. He was, but Logan Gilbert's fastball got worse in the year, which is shocking. Interesting. And I actually think I, I, next year I'm going to be in on Logan Gilbert because I think the fastball will be better and I think he learned the slider. And right? the split that splitters that splitter no, plays no, 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 too. No, I've seen I've seen I've seen starts where it plays up so good. Give him more off. Curlin, Curlin thinks uh, Logan Gilbert is next season's Kevin Gossman. I think he's next year's Kevin Gossman. Not because not, not just because the Gossman. Splitter. I, I think he's going to be that guy that can take that step where you're getting him at a value. Mm-hmm. You're getting him in the middle. You're getting him in those earlier middle rounds, you know, like the fourth, fifth. I think uh, I, had, I had to poke the bear. No, I, I had to poke the bear. You know what? I'm laughing, right? 
Why? Because I agree with you about Logan Gilbert on the conceptual side of like, yes, I think actually he's a really good target for next year, but not because of the splitter. No, I'm not saying because of the splitter. I'm saying because of where you're going to be able to get him and where he could produce. Yeah, yeah but well, why, why is Gosman was it though? I, I I I do I am surprised too that, that that fastball I've been watching all year's been fluctuating like velocity wise too not even just it's been rather inconsistent yeah well he's he's been getting whole. it down with too much uh and it should be that should be living high lock all day uh and it hasn't now the slider's gotten a lot better it's actually but, been the pitch that's been working the last month and the fastball hasn't caught up and then the curveball's getting more strikes too and sometimes the split is there that's fine that's what I'm like saying pitch, he, he, hang out over there that's like your part of the pool where you just hang out and maybe we say hi and wave to you every so often, you know, but, uh, but the rest of us are going to be in the deep end. And that is the slider and the curveball and the fastball. And that works. And I think that's really good. Mariners should win a lot of, a lot of games next year too. He will go six innings plus constantly. I think, I hope that Gilbert's again in like the thirties of the SPs or something like that. Cause that's the case that I'm very much in. See, I don't think he will be. I'm over here willing to take no, him I, like I as a top 20 starter right now. Man, like, I love have, the then guy. Then you're going to have a lot of shares of Gilbert. I told, well, I told you this was like from, I, I'm just so in on him. And even the, you, you can hate so the many guys. You can this hate is what happens. You can hate the splitty all you want. The splitties it's playing well. 35% whiff rate. That well, it's really well for the first two months. 188 ex Woba. He's just it's, no, 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 no. ex Woba is a bad stat to look at for splitters. Fine. Because, what do you want to look at? You always throw it in two strike counts, so you're going to get all the strikeouts you get. You don't throw it when like the three ball counts, and generally it's going to be thrown out of the zone. So if it does make contact, it should be an out, right? That's like if you look at Kodai right Stengas, it's going to be like he throws like a sub 50 percent strike rate on that thing, but you're going to see like ex Woba like zero seven eight because it's never in the zone, right? Fair. Uh, and it's, it's kind of interesting. I've like been thinking about this a lot. We actually are coming out with a new stat because of, of this. Of course you are. Well, I mean, like well, it makes sense because, though, right? Like no. you got to, the way, the way that we frame outcomes of pitches is kind of the root of CSW is being like, well, no, we're looking at too much of the outcome of it being a strikeout or something like that. When like, you got to get to it, right? Yep. Get out the positive things first. And the problem with Xwoba or like, a, a, like, I've been using this for ages, Xwoba, or I've been using, um, you know, hard contact rate on certain on pitches, but that's only when there's an event in play, right? And that's not fair to it. So there's a way that we're we're adding it, making it so that's like cool. How effective is this pitch on a pitch by pitch basis? Um, in a way that it frames it better by like essentially getting strikes while not having hard contact. Um, so that's that's the cool thing there. But uh, but yeah, I'm with you. Like a, if its splitter is working and it has its moments, that's great, and it's like the perfect two strike pitch. I'm very much with you on that. It looks like he likes to utilize it more towards lefty. So I, I like that he has he's a, typical offhanded. And 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 that's and my thing is is I like that he has that second pitch against lefties or maybe third pitch at this point against lefties he feels comfortable with outside of the fastball and maybe the curve because yeah. the curve he kind of splits both ways. But look at his numbers. You look at you look at Gilbert and you realize he doesn't walk a lot of players. He doesn't walk a lot of people. He gets he gets so those like strikeouts. Seven point three percent walk rate right now. What do we got? His, his walk rate is four point three percent. Gilbert. Gilbert that sounds like Kirby. Is that Gilbert? Yeah, that's Kirby. Gilbert. I'm looking at Gilbert's swamp page right now. Man, they really Top. are Jerby again, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Go look yeah. at it. A, a 3.56. Is it got it down that low? I'm, I'm pulling it's it up right 3. now. 3. Wow, 4.3. Look at that. Good job, Gilbert. So that's, that's why I'm, cool. I'm like, I'm seeing Gilbert do this. I'm seeing yeah, the good ratios. I think he has better strikeout stuff than he's showing right now. We, and we've seen it in the past. We look at his track record. That's why I'm like, Gilbert can have that year where he puts it all together, takes that step forward in strikeouts, takes that step uh, forward and get those, gets closer to that three, gets a low. He's still a mid threes ERA pitcher. Even if he stays around mid threes, I don't know. I just don't think 
we as a fantasy community are going to value him enough early I mean, in draft I, season. I'm with you. I, mean, I love, I don't know, I love Gilbert. Slider and curve. Uh, that, those have taken a step forward for me. And the, the fastball, I think, should be better than the 9.3% swing strike rate has this year. 12, 13% last year, so. And that's why it's like, I just look at this guy and I'm like, I'm like, I just see the chance for him to be that Gosman type. And when I say Gosman, obviously the splitter is kind of part of it in my brain. What's there? Why is that Gosman? Why are you going with Gosman? I don't know. He's talking about the guy that made a jump. The guy that made a jump. The guy the the K-minus walk rate you're saying of like low walk rate, high strikeouts. And he's, he's. He's like only has a 20% K to walk. It's not even that dominant. Gosman is dominant. He's 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 improving. But what I'm getting at is I think it's because it's the um it's in in my brain, Gosman was a guy that's like he was a clear value this past draft season, in my opinion, in terms of where he was going compared to where he could have finished. I think Gilbert's gonna be one of those guys where you can get him where he's going and he has such a good potential to finish higher. I really like him. And so in my brain, because Gosman was a guy for me this year in those earlier rounds, I'm gonna be pushing up Gilbert personally next year. Because I just believe that there's that next step coming that he hasn't quite reached yet. And I think it's because he, and now that's where he's not like, obviously, Gosman has the two pitches basically, and three if you want to count the slider, I guess. But um, it's more of a splitter fastball thing with him. Slider plays when he wants to, I guess. But so, so I, I'm going to give you guys a, an exclusive here really quickly because I literally just got this sent to me from Kyle Bland, our director of research analytics, who's taking a massive role with us now, which yes, is so, so fun. Big time. I saw him. Um, just happened today. Um, it's the first day of it, and it's so exciting. He's already sent me something really fun, which is I, uh, because I do this. I do my loose offensive ranks, right, for streaming. So he made me a little app that is MLB offensive ranks, and you can do a time frame of seasons, 60 days, 30 days, 15 days. Does it in the five tiers that I do of, like, top to poor. And uh, But the cool thing about it is you have, like, WOBA, which is actual results, but we have our hitter performance which is essentially how the offense performs against the pitches they see um, ranking this. So this is very interesting in the top two is a season long. You have Atlanta, Texas, Boston at home. Uh, I'm sorry, Texas at home, Boston at home, uh, Houston against lefties. Uh, Los Angeles Dodgers all the way through Rays all the way through. And then the Yankees against lefties. This mm. is for hitter performance. Okay. Mm. Uh, second tier is Toronto, Philadelphia, uh, Angels, Cubs, Seattle Mariners, Cardinals, and Texas away. Anything surprising to you so far? No, not really. Right? This is this is typical stuff. Okay. I I'm seeing if there's anyone that is absolutely shocking here. I mean Boston. I mean I think Boston at home is top tier is pretty cool. Uh, seeing that Houston against right-handers is average. That's about um, right, though. Probably because Jordan was out for so long. It doesn't help. It, yeah, that might be it. Okay. Like, um, yeah, the Padres are right there in the middle. Twins are in the middle. When you think about Houston, they're lefty. They, you think about their lefties, they have Tucker, and that feels like that's pretty much it. Bregman hasn't really lived up the expectations in general. And, mm. It's actually actually one of the interesting days. ones would be the Yankees versus lefties because yeah. when Judge was out, the Yankees were so bad. So, like, historically bad. And, you could pitch yeah, yeah. anybody And when you, when you think about them, they were platooning heavily left-handed bats. And they're right, right. They're the guys that were platooning with them on the right hand side was like IKF, Bader, not, not even Bader. Bader was out half a year too. I mean, what Torres um, destroys lefties, right? Yep. Yeah, Torres destroys lefties. Yeah, Torres. Yeah, Stanton and, and Judge on the IL. So that's yeah. Yeah. like, yeah, Volpe. Volpe? I, guess, I wonder. I bet you Volpe. I bet you Volpe crushed lefties. This Higashioka. Year. Yeah, Don't discount Higashioka. That was a big um, one. But, uh, but then you have uh, you have Cincinnati being weak, regardless of home or the road. Huh? Really? 
Okay, yeah. now you have my attention. Oh, and by the way, Volpe, 808 OPS and 122 WRC plus against lefties, so that helps. Uh, that anyway. red, that reds one's a bit surprising to me. That's yeah, very, that's very performance. Contact. I guarantee adjusted. you that that's for full season. That's for full season. I I'm gotta, I gotta ask Kyle if this isn't yeah. taking into account like the context of the park. Uh, I don't think oh. it is though. I think this is fine because it has cores away. Well, the Rockies stinker. Yeah, no, no, it probably is. I, 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 that, I think that's what it is because Colorado at home is weak relative. So that's probably what's going on. It's factoring oh. uh, park factors in. Yeah, but then it's, it's saying like Boston is like still really good. Doesn't matter. Like yeah. regardless of Boston was they've been, they've sneaky, been sneaky solid but, though. Yeah. Like Cassis ran hot at the same time. Like uh, Turner Turner ran hot. These guys all ran hot kind of together. Devers Man. is doing Devers things. Yeah, Duran. Yeah, Duran. Uh, Duran was yeah, uh, a thing. It'll be interesting to see how that comes out when it's available to the public. Yeah, that will be a PL Pro tool for next year. Hey, um, having access to this stuff. So there you go. Plug. Ta da. Yeah. I'm a tool. Yeah. All right. We're gonna, <laughs> Nick, I appreciate you joining us. Yeah, let me we get st- out of here. We, we still have to recap Fab and oh, no, never. Don't sometime. do that. Why would you do that? Because yeah, that's. I'm talking about next year. It's already September. Why? Who cares? I, know, I, I, told, I told Curlin in a, our, our group chat earlier. I'm like, I want to talk about 2024 so bad. But I'm trying to stick to my guns. I know. I, that's all I do too. Season. Yeah, it's that yeah. time of the year. I, 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 but it's so fun thinking ahead because there's so many storylines already, and it's but not there's already like a sixth season left. Like, yeah. And and one thing we've learned tonight is I'm terrible with comps in terms of like player to player, but terrible at staying focused on the eye and keeping your eye on the, the topic of conversation yeah. oh, i started my adhd medication two months ago you should do it too i i well it's late at night it wore off i actually did yeah, start, I started, about, started, I, I started about six months ago yeah game changing it really crap. is i can't believe it um and i know there's like a massive stigma for a lot of people about it for like you're either cheating or you're not no i'm cheating you actually have it oh, which we do <laughs> it really it's not like you know it's it's does it a pitcher use like pine, so does, a, does a pitcher use a rosin bag yes it's not cheating there you go. Exactly <laughs> right. Baba. I take this steroids. Why I, the drug exists? Yes. You know, if you actually yeah. do what uh, you're yeah, help people. No, I, people. I've noticed a yeah. massive difference. It's, I've noticed I, it in curling. Like we've all when I'm actually on it, when I'm on yeah. it and off it. He hasn't slept on a podcast yet. So no. Well, and when, no. I, when, when I when I do daytime shows, all oh, laser focused. Nighttime, laser. it gets a little spacey. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I I don't. I mean, we don't have to get into too much specifics, but I'm pretty open with my. I don't really care. I want sharing, but I take um. 10 milligrams twice a day of Adderall. So it's yep. low, the lowest dose. I take the lowest dose twice a day. Yeah. But as ne- sometimes I only take it in the afternoon. So like tonight, well, I don't think I took it. Oh, I did take it this afternoon, but it's already nighttime. I'm already back on. Like, yeah, it's, right, you know, right. It's because it's, it's instant release. I don't do extended release because I've tried yep. extended release. I hate it. But yeah, I started mm-hmm. it full time about six or seven months ago. And it's been it's every on. bit of every bit of um like it takes my jumbled thoughts and I'm able to actually get stuff done for the first time in my life and that's right. why and i think you can kind of tell you've seen the you've seen me over the years nick you've seen me jump from like site me. to site idea to idea never sticking to anything because everything catch, you're you're chasing that high of what catches your attention that day yeah and yeah, yeah. i found and this kind of helped me i although i still had that you know like i gotta get this one idea done that's the thing it's one idea not 15 at once and well, that's kind of the big thing yeah, the way I see it, uh, the, I, actually, it was interesting. I, I flew into San Francisco. I didn't take um, uh, Vyvanse is what I was Have using. You, you, I've, heard, I've heard mixed things about that. Uh, I, that I, I, I actually am trying Adderall now, um, but I was just <laughs> trying to figure out the exact perfect one, but they're all just they're all helpful at the baseline. Um, but the way I can describe it, I didn't do it for a day. to just kind of feel like what it was. And there's a constant feeling we have of this chaos going out that we just have to keep emitting. Uh, and when you're on it 
you can actually just breathe and feel like the the wind around you and it's okay you know I, you don't you can stop and it's fine i that's the I, feeling that you get with it and it's oh man i was able to appreciate moments more that was one of the first things exactly. i noticed i can i can appreciate like i would go to i would go to a theme park with my Curly kids and beach now I go, yeah beach but i go to the beach and i appreciate the beach for what the beach offers before i was like what the hell's the point of this there's waves sand right. oh look a seagull and yeah. <laughs> i still look at the seagulls but my point is is um, i've I realized like i go places and i can take in everything whereas before it was like uh you'd go there and you kind of you existed but you didn't really like you didn't exist within you the moment you're kind of, moving to the next thing and uh you're always focused on like three steps yeah. ahead or five steps ahead but then oh look i need to go get coffee suddenly oh wait, right. i want that and it's like you it, just never really took in what was happening and I it think doesn't that was get rid of that thing. excitement and when you think like yeah it's okay for me to have all those things and spell them out it's still there mm-hmm. oh I mean, yeah you, you it, me it, now still... like i have very similar energy that you guys know it's not gone or something it's just uh yeah it's it's more control yeah, a little bit. Hopefully, I don't know. Maybe I sound smarter now. I hope so. That's that'll be no, great. You're already uh, very smart, Nick. No doubting that. I appreciate you for joining me. Stop us, it. All friend. right. Thanks for having me. This is just the best. I'm like, oh, they're alive. Like, get me in here. Yep. I want to. We might need to do. I'm so a... sad. I don't get to see you in two months, Curland. I'm upset. Too. I, I'm. I told Bubba if I can pull. Out, well, I was doing really well in the main event. I was gonna, and then my team took a tank. If I can still pull out the win, I might be able to swing the mm-hmm. trip last minute type of thing. But um, well, it's just a, it's just a tight money situation right how now. How about so. this? Okay, I I don't know if it's gonna happen. If it does, uh, I'm trying as much as I can with playback to get the deal done so that we can watch the MLB playoffs. Yes. Uh, if you guys don't know this, we do essentially Twitch, but it's live sports mm-hmm. and it's free. So you just come to our thing, uh, playback.tv/slash/pitcherlist. But Curland, if we're doing the playoffs, you better be in there at some point. I'm doing them like every night. And I want everybody in the industry there. Like, who doesn't want to just have this massive stage where all of us are reacting to the game together? Like, yep, pretty yeah. awesome. I oh, would have man, awesome. that'd be so and fun. I mean, the, the, energy... least, the last day of the season, if there are games that are all going on, they're all just going to be watching anyway. I'm yeah. going to be hosting a room on October 1st. So can't wait. Uh, it's going to be great. Okay, I'm going to get out of here. Bye-bye, guys. I love you both. Appreciate you joining us, friend. Oh, yeah, thank fun, you for having me. See, I hope everybody looks like, oh, God, Nick, I can't stand this guy. Jesus, get him out of here. No, 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 no. That's, how I, that's how I feel, Nick. No, yeah, I, I do. I knew I could see in your <laughs> eyes. You, You're just so distracted no, and everything. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely appreciate the conversation you bring to the table, and it, oh, helps, me, it helps me think of how I can take what you do in terms of the info and – apply it to how i do things i really did mean that well, like i, I try to learn that so humble curlin you're fantastic at what you do um bubba already knows how good he is at what he does but curlin uh just you're the best at everything this too. fantastic okay. stuff and uh, you, you guys, guys bye we'll see ya bye curlin. Now, your bo- now now your boss is gone can you tell me how you really feel no kidding oh, wow. <laughs> i love there. nick we went there. Uh, nick's such a genuinely kind people people think it's, it's funny because um People think it's fake. Nick is j- like what you see, like the 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 like the that that vibrant person it's and happy, and him. that's him. And it's uh, yeah. he's really a nice guy. He's really truly a nice guy. Yes, he is. It's a hundred percent him. There's no doubt in that at all. Let's talk some fab. We've had a lot of fun here. I know sure. we probably didn't. It was it was a great to turn in a different direction and talk some oh, pitching yeah. and whatnot. Uh, let's cover cover a few of these names. We don't have to be here all night, but. Uh, as usual, going to talk NFBC OC 12s added drops. Jason Dominguez added in 177 leagues, as high as 388, as low as a dollar. Uh, he hit two home runs in his opening week, and he went on Sunday. That probably helped a bit. Uh, I, I said it before, and I'll say it again. When I recap Fab, 
he was not added in two of my three leagues, which was uh, interesting considering he's added in 177 leagues. But uh, I think it's pretty clear what we're getting power, speed, more speed than power potentially. What were your thoughts on Dominguez this weekend? He's one of those lottery ticket types. He's hitting in the middle of the lineup already for the Yankees. So if you're chasing plate appearances, if you're chasing upside, he checks those boxes. He's also a young player. What is he? 20? 20, 20 years old. The, Marsh, the Martian is 20. Can't even he buy his 20, own beers. He is 20 years old. Because, you know, I mean, look at him. He's 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 he's, he's probably had a fake a ID dude. for six years. But yeah. Yeah. You can't really legally Wait, buy fake him. ID in which way? Like faking that he's younger or you know hey, we're <laughs> anyway. not going that route wasn't gonna go there let's let's stop <laughs> you you said it i was just implying which i had know, a fake anyway. idea when i was in high school so i was saying that's something like that yeah sure whatever you want to say i know what you meant anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. no but in all seriousness uh it's just one of those things where he checks those boxes uh dominguez checks those boxes upside playing time batting order spot and it's kind of what you're looking for when you're looking for lightning in a bottle you know the skill sets there it's probably going to be very volatile. I know he's not a strikeout guy, but right now, I mean, we're talking such a small sample, but 14% swing strike rate, a four, uh, almost a 41% o, uh, o swing, which again, league average is 31.8% for reference, but he's doing that with a over 90% zone contact rate. So he swings a ton right now. He is swinging a, a ton. That's <laughs> like I said that, but he's, he's chasing a lot, but he's making so much contact. So, it, it, it might take him the whole month to adjust. He might not ever adjust in just a month. But Dominguez is a guy that you're taking a shot on right now. So I understand it. And I, if I could have gotten for a buck, because, again, that's where I'm at, I yeah. would have taken my shot. But he's one of those guys where it's like he might not necessarily be a starter for you, but you should be having him, if nothing else, to block other people from having a chance at lightning in the bottle. I'm really mad I get him for – well, I'll explain why when we do a moves later. But uh, he was on my waterfalls, put it that much. Uh, the main reason I did not get much Dominguez is Ronnie Mauricio was the other guy here. Picked up in 136 leagues, as high as 111, as low as a dollar. He's hitting 400 with a double, a run scored, an RBI, and two stolen bases, only striking out 13% since he got called up. 23 homers and 24 steals at AAA this year. He had 26 homers and 20 steals at AA last year, hit nearly 300 at AAA. I just love the overall five tool or five categories he brought to the table. I felt like he was a little more seasoned. Then, then Dominguez, I needed some middle infield help. So Mauricio is much higher on my list of things to do. Both have been pretty good. What's your thoughts on Ronnie Mauricio? Yep, I would prefer Mauricio. I trust that the playing time, that that seasoning, so to speak, in the minors did him better. I know he's only 22 years old, so it's not like he's old either. But Mauricio has had those years in the minors, has had the production at the highest levels of the minors. I trust that to translate more. Yeah, he's 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 a taller uh, player. He's, he's six three. I would say six three one sixty six according to Fangraphs. So it's kind of that wiry frame I've always noticed. But it looks like he's kind of filled it out. So I don't know if the weight is updated properly because I feel like he's filled out more than that. But he's that type of guy where it's just like he's got that. He just reminds me of like Ellie in terms of like that that lanky. And you can't. I'm not saying the tools there, but you get my point. It's kind of like a that type of skill set, power, speed exciting player lefty just kind of fit that again my comps aren't always the best but you get my point like just kind of just the look of him the the, the skill set you're seeing in the minors he's already come up and stole two bases mauricio's a guy that um you goes back to checking all the boxes he does that but he does it in a way that i like there's there's more of a track record there in the minors so i trust taking a shot on mauricio over uh dominguez in this in this situation but i mean we've seen uh and you know the mets have been playing with Screwing with playing time all season, but I'm pretty sure even tonight he started against a lefty. And that's kind yeah, of what I was waiting for. He started. 
I was waiting to see how they treated him against lefties because Maurice, because you know Beatty and everybody have not been playing against lefties. So I think it's important that we've seen Mauricio start every game since he's come up, including against lefty tonight. So playing time is not a concern. Yeah, you take your shot here. The one thing with the Mets, we talked about it kind of early on in the streaming option stuff. Um, Beatty's playing pretty much every day since he got brought back up. Mauricio's playing every day, and so is Mark Vientos, who has been very productive. No, over the last, no, like, no, 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 no. Vientos has sat against two of the last three righties all of a sudden, really, because he was after, playing like every day, and he's he playing was. very, he's playing very, very well. He played, and against again, it was a lefty today, played great, great again today on Tuesday. It was, he was before the injury. Come on, Mets, or, play these freaking young kids. It's, it's Vogelbach, he's still getting Vogelbach's still getting oh, strong get side, he, he's still getting Vogelbach strong side platoons. Vogelbach's a great meme. He's a garbage patch kid. I it's love amazing. him so much. I'll, I'll, so yes. do I. Look at me. Look at me. Yes, you think we, I we are, love we Vogelbach. Vogelbach. We yes. are Vogelbach. Like, he's, a, he's a spirit animal of ours. But we need a t-shirt. Let's be realistic <laughs> about this situation. And yes. let's get these young kids out there playing some baseball. That, and that's it frustrates me because you see teams like, uh, I know it's a little bit of a tangent, but the athletics, same thing. The A's, I, 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 I missed the news about Lawrence Butler being on um, the bereavement leave. But yeah. even so, he's in a weak side. He's on a strong side platoon. Why is he not playing every day? And then they also have uh, Estuary Ruiz on a weak side platoon. Ruiz started against a righty tonight. That's because Butler's out. They're giving guys like Tony Kemp strong side platoon at bats. Why are they giving these guys any at bats? Get your young guys in there to play. And these are teams that are not competitive. I don't understand why they're platooning into September. So that goes into this. Uh, so it's like uh, Vantos was playing every day at one point. He really was. And then suddenly entering okay, so tonight. I wasn't off there. Like, I, I'm like, no, 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 no. What's just, going on? It just the last three games. He sat two of the last three against. And Rangers. he was producing too. Like early on, he wasn't like he was producing of late. That's the, that's, and, God, that's frustrating. Yeah. And, um, to, and it's because you have guys like DJ Stewart that have been producing too. So I think Stewart's pushing his way into the lineup more. Vogelbach DJ has started has against, playing great. Yeah. Vogelbach has started four straight against righties right now. And well, he DJ started, Stewart had the night off today against the lefty, which was funny. Yeah. And well, Stewart uh, back. It was back back issue. So keep that in mind. Plus, Stewart is a lefty. So he was platooning for the most part entering tonight anyway. But yeah, yeah but back issues regardless. But my, my, I guess my, my point being is that, um, Vientos should have the playing time, but for some reason, Vogelbox. I'm looking at the the stuff now on the on our on the on the tool we have, the lineup tracker on GT's stuff that I update every day because you know I'm just gonna shamelessly plug for us once at this point yes. in the show. If yeah. anyone's still listening, uh, hour forty five minutes in. I wonder who's listening one hundred forty five uh, hundred uh, an hour and forty five minutes into a week twenty six podcast. I love it. I mean that that's dedication. These are, these are the people that are diehards that we love. These are the people um, that we're talking about baseball in November, like drafting in November with. But yeah, anyway, 100%. so yeah, whatever forever for whatever reason, Vogelbach has started against twenty one of the last twenty three right handed pitchers over the last thirty days. So Vogelbach is still very firmly yeah, it's stupid. He's getting that much playing time, but he is right now. So keep that in mind. Beatty started against two of three righties and take against a lefty. So good to see him get a start against the lefty. I'm not ready to say he's getting playing time, but it's good to see like maybe there's a chance i'm just it's frustrating these teams are being really stupid about it right insert uh dumb and dumber so you're saying there's a chance yes um all right kyle harrison this is a good one because i was curious to see where he would go in this one he was picked up in 104 leagues as high as 80 bucks as low as a dollar i mentioned on last week with ben that i don't think he's added in any of my ocs pitched phenomenal to start the week, you know, he went six inning or six and a third, no runs, two walks, 11 Ks against the Reds at home in SF. Goes into San Diego, five and two thirds, four earned or six earned, four home runs, which is wild. Still only two walks, which I love to see, and five strikeouts. He went 91 pitches in both. 
The biggest question mark I had, I think, when you and I talked two weeks ago when he was up for discussion was how far would he go in games and pitches. That six innings and 91 pitches was the most he had the entire season. Backed it up with 91 more. So the fact they're ready to let him go. And if you look at his, you know, total innings from last season, he's not even close. Like they can let him run the rest of this way, which is highly intriguing. So this made more sense to be a pickup this week. I was curious to see how it would go after the rough outing on the weekend. It didn't scare people off. So how were you looking at Kyle Harrison this week? Uh, I, I like him in terms of like you take your shot on upside, good home park, all that good stuff. Um, I would have had to look at, I didn't look at his schedule. Honestly, I couldn't afford him. I knew I couldn't, so I didn't bother, but it's one of those things really good schedule. Obviously a 4.7 ERA does kind of scare you away, but the strikeouts are the, the, he has such a, he has, the fact that he's able to get those strikeouts without wall, a 25% KMS walk rate for Harrison. It's really solid, rock solid, but he's had some walk issues in the past in the minors. So you have to be mindful of that. And it's weird because the walks aren't there. But if you go look at like some just again early returns for Harrison, a 37.7% zone rate when league average is 42. So and his F strike, which is first pitch strike percentage, is also below league average. So how much how long will he get away with not being in the zone and without the and those walks not coming? So are our, our, our teams waiting for him? Like our teams realizing he's not attacking the zone and then waiting on that pitch, and that's why they're hitting the home runs. Cause he also has like Harrison only has like a 18% ground ball rate. So everything's in the air. He has a 54% uh, hard hit rate. So everything's in the hit air and everything's getting hit hard. There's your home runs, by the way, blah, blah. And he, so he's not attacking the zone, right? Harrison's not attacking the zone, turning around, and his his chase rate is below league average. The only thing that's above league average is the swing strike rate. It's like the one good thing that suggests that the strikeouts can be legitimate in terms of being um, – because he's able to, to induce those uh, swing and misses in the zone. So Harrison, there's good and bad here. I think the walks could be coming if – if though, because of the way he's not really attacking the zone, and I think pitcher, I think hitters are just kind of sitting on stuff. Maybe it's kind of again, that's my best guess about how the home runs are coming. But at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of upside here, and I understand the ad, and I would definitely be interested in adding him if I could. I just don't think he's the auto star. I think he's one of those guys like you kind of hold your nose, you plug him in, hold your nose in a given in a given uh, matchup. That's fair. Because uh, uh, I think the home runs are going to be a home runs are going to be a concern for sure. Uh, David Schneider, this one stings because I dropped him a couple weeks ago. And it was bare, like he took a, for a whole week, didn't play. Well, yeah, then, he was he was I know, platooning. I'm saying because then Bichette gets hurt, Chapman gets hurt. Insert David Schneider regular playing times. So he's picked up in 82 leagues as high as 43 bucks, as low as a dollar. When I dropped him, I feel good about it. Like I said, it was the probably right move on paper at that point in time. But now, since uh, playing every day, pretty much since August 26th, he had the day off yesterday, but he had eight-game hitting streak entering yesterday, hitting 414, with nine extra base hits, three of them are home runs, 11 runs, 11 RBIs, stolen base, a 19% walk, 16% strikeout rate. Dude has been nothing but amazing in the fantasy world. I tried to get him back wherever I could. Not always easy. Uh, what are your thoughts on David Schneider, who is just beastly? I think what you said, process over results on that one, I would have done the same thing. I actually did do something similar with Jordan Diaz where I added him. He suddenly stopped playing for four days right before Fab or three days, so I dropped him, and then he started playing and started hitting again. And this is deeper formats, obviously, so Diaz isn't really all that um, relevant at this point. But yeah, my, my point is, is I think your process was on point with this in terms of like playing time there, sweet. No playing time, dump. Like it's kind of – he was that guy. He wasn't a must-keep or stash guy. You know, he just wasn't. Um, but yeah, I think you, I, I, yeah, you got you, you don't really wait to see if this is legit or not. Cause obviously a 70% zone contact, like he's not making a whole ton of con- a whole lot of contact in the zone at all, but he's also, he doesn't chase a ton. The swinging strikes are an issue right now. Cause obviously pitchers are probably attacking the zone, but 
he's doing damage when he does swing the bat. Great play discipline in terms of like obviously it's almost a very Nolan Jones esque in terms of like high strikeouts, but not because of it's it's overly passive approach. Five hundred BABIP. There's a lot of things to be concerned here with in terms of that, but we're talking great barrels, hard hit rate. So again, when he makes contact, it's it's quality contact. He's not as good as he's been, but he's a solid player and you're riding the wave, but understand that it can come crashing down the second that pitchers figure him out. So maybe they won't have time to at this point in the season, Exactly. but, but it doesn't matter. Um, Again, you ride it, you ride it out and you take it for what it is, but just know that what he's doing is, I mean, no one's going to be surprised. That's no one's surprised. It's unsustainable, but it's one of those things where it's like Nolan Jones shouldn't still be doing what he's doing, to be honest, given that profile. I'm surprised he's still producing at the level, but he did go to that little, he did go to a little cold streak just for fun. Curtis, let's do this. Jason Dominguez, Ronnie Mauricio, David Schneider, who would you have preferred this week at Fab if you going have one? Mauricio, I'm I'm taking the ceiling, but I'd rank him Mauricio Schneider. Uh, I was like Schneider. I might have had Schneider first just because we've seen it for a longer period of time. I understand. Like, I understand. And, and, and the Jays have amazing matchups, especially with lefties. He smokes right. lefties. It's, give it's, me the. Uh, give me. Uh, what do I need? Do I need? I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, Mauricio yeah it's all, obviously team needs. Let's just say you just need. Say you just need a utility hitter. You need a utility hitter. I'm taking Sean. Like, I'm taking Sean the upside. I still, I, I still go Mauricio. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe I go Schneider. <laughs> well, the reason why. The, and here's the here's the big difference. This is the big reason. Uh, playing time and not playing time. Sorry, uh, played appearances. Uh, Schneider's hitting at the top of the lineup, and there's only four weeks left, and there's a good chance he sticks to the top of the lineup. Whereas Mauricio is hitting towards the bottom half of that lineup, and Although there's a higher ceiling, I kind of want to ensure those play appearances, and I'm trying to attack volume. That would be the only reason I might go Snyder. But if I'm just straight up like, hey, I want a shot, I want a lottery ticket, it's Mauricio every time. Yeah. Just because I think Mauricio has the tools to be special. But I agree. But I, Snyder, I, yeah, I Snyder, Snyder, there's something about Snyder I do really like and buy and team to a con- point. Team context, too. Yeah, he's over the Mets. Yeah. And well, again, but the Jays aren't the Jays right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. You yeah, have Kevin right. Biggio batting second two, two out of the last three games. Like that shows you times are tough. Yeah, that that feels like my fancy team right now <laughs> in September. It's like I have the, I have Kevin Biggio batting second for my team. You know, that's how it feels like. Yep, I feel you there. Uh, next up on the list, JP Crawford added in sixty-seven leagues as high as twenty-two, as low as a dollar. He's been taken on fifteens in a long time. He's been a guy that's kind of been up and down on twelves because it's twelves. But man. Like for DFS, I've been playing them religiously in Seattle stacks. Uh, a, the Mariners' bats are just ridiculous right now, so that helps out a ton. Well, let's just go since the All Star break for JP Crawford. He's hitting 307 with six homers, 33 runs scored. If that's a stat you might need, just saying. 14 ribbies and a stolen base. He has been insanely effective. He has a 442 OBP, which is great. Obviously, as a leadoff hitter, we have Julio Rodriguez hitting behind you. Um, he's been he's been amazing. One of the kind of guys like you know Curlin. Diehard players like myself, you, and others kind of know what J.P. Crawford's doing, but the average fan probably has zero clue how productive he's been in a fantasy standpoint. So what are your thoughts on him this past week? He's kind of that guy. He's like, he's everything you were hoping, like, not Gene Segura, but like that type of guy where you kind of just set and forget. You, If you need runs, if you need some batting average help, and if you and he's not a zero for power because he's obviously has 14 home runs. He's actually, he's one of those guys in the drive line this offseason, so it's kind of interesting. Because you always hear about the pitchers, you don't really hear about the hitters that much. He was a hitter that went to drive line. It's kind of cool because it's like, wow, a hitter went to drive line. And um, so I, I think I think more and more of that too. Well, I think guys like Betts and stuff. Betts sees a certain coach. I think is like so. It's like he's he's it's it's happening. But drive line, the actual like you know the whole he went to drive line narrative. My, like you mentioned, I think it's gonna start happening more. But 
anyway um yeah it's kind of need specific in shallow formats but like you said in deeper formats i'm i, I would have been like if i got him back when I, he was available i would have been pretty happy because those runs would be very helpful right now but yeah he's a guy that you're getting you're getting two and a half categories i say two and a half because you're getting batting average you're getting runs and power isn't a zero but it's just not a strength stone bases are barely there and he's not gonna get you much rbis so he's very team specific in terms of need but at the end of the day he's probably a pretty solid player overall and he doesn't strike out a lot so points leagues i guess he would also be helpful but yeah, it have to be the, i told you it's at the obp 442 obp it would have to be a points league. it would still have to be a deeper league though because i have a hard time I think believing at this time of the year though man what he's doing with that lineup that just like that, get him in there i guess right Chase the way they're scoring and runs right they had, they had three at great american to open the week and he's leading off every day so yeah that's what I'm saying. Like for a points format he's i'm just trying to it's just so tough because like i think if points formats there's no middle infield spot most likely and then yeah, most true. of them are guess it depends on that part yeah. and that's kind of the parts where it's like i can't really force him as a util he doesn't have that's, much juice that's fair that's very fair and in a 10 or 12 team where you probably have a better shortstop you'd think maybe like hopefully you're not playing tim anderson over him that would be horrific if that, that would was be the case i can't believe i can't believe we're having that conversation tim anderson not yeah. being started over any yep. of these names <laughs> that's it's pretty wild how the mighty have fallen in that regards the thing like there's got to like, be an injury like a wrist or an ankle or something weird yeah something something pretty darn bad has had to have taken place uh, when it comes to timmy anderson that's for darn sure um i'm gonna skip around to some other guys because a lot of these guys we talked about like you know javier sod we talked about and some others i want to get your thoughts on dominic kenzel again seattle had an amazing seven games this week they had great american small park on tap to start the week he was picked up in 38 weeks, as high as $8, as low as a buck. Uh, since August 20th, there were about two weeks of game action for him, hitting 315, three homers, nine runs, six RBIs. Uh, what's your thoughts on Gonzalo? Because I know he's a guy you liked in Arizona before he was traded. So I wanted to give you the floor now as he's playing pretty regularly in, in uh, Seattle. I, I just, well, right now, I don't, I don't know if I trust the playing time too much moving forward. Like right now he has it, but then what happens when Kelnick comes back is kind of my question. I think That's Mike fair. Ford might be. The, I think Mike Ford might be the odd man out. But Ford, when he runs hot, they get him in there. And I think Cal, uh, Calzone, Canzone is like the uh, Canzone is the guy that might get like you know the occasional day off against a righty when he shouldn't like you know four out of five righties or something. So it's one of those things where the playing time it's he's still more deeply relevant right now. Uh, overall skill set though, he barrels the ball up a ton. This is the thing. He's like he always always made decent contact. He barrels the ball up well. He hits the ball hard. It's a matter of can Canzone play enough to factor in right now. Like, and the power's not really playing up. It's he's good. He's a good fifth outfielder type, and that's really it. I like him a lot. I think you ride the wave. I just and you mentioned I liked him when he before he got traded, uh, but and I, and I dropped him of course before he got hot. Naturally, it goes back to like playing time was like inconsistent. It doesn't matter. Process over results, right? That's what I tell yes. myself as I'm losing standings points. Um, that's what we're supposed to say. But, yes, that's for yeah, sure. So, which is crap process should equal results if anything anyway so, so in a perfect world there, there are some there are some times where but anyway yeah, at the end of the day good not great player i think canzone is just a solid fit outfield type better for 15s serviceable in 12s not a guy would have gone out of a way to get for more than a buck or two in 12s honestly uh emmett sheehan i know nick mentioned him briefly yeah. um 38 leagues as high as 23 as low as a dollar I just want to get your thoughts. Like he came back up on the second through four innings, one run, three walks, six Ks. Uh, he was kind of doing long relief towards the end of his time with the Dodgers. When he went back to the minors, he was doing about three to four inning stents. Like they kind of have him in that window to control his innings. Does that still intrigue you enough to add him down the stretch here? I just don't know 
what we're going to get in terms of wins. Like he has one, he has four wins, but he hasn't gotten a, he hasn't factored into a win his last four starts. And that's because he hasn't pitched more than five innings. He pitched five innings just once out of his last four starts. And this is while only giving up like two earned runs, three hits, two hits. So he's looking better of late, but is he looking better of late because of the fact that he's only facing the lineup like two times over type of thing? Sheehan is just not, there's not enough. He's, if you need help with ratios, I guess that's the type of guy like you'd plug him in instead of like a reliever, you'd plug him in as your, as like a depth guy for ratio help. But He's not getting. He's not doing yeah. enough otherwise. Like that's why I want to talk about him right now because strikeouts so have I, been there though. The last three outings, like you mentioned, okay, last three how, about, how about this one? A guy I've been pumping. He's for a while. okay. I, I wouldn't he mind won't, him. A guy I've been pumping for a while. He won't get the innings. Well, he maybe. You never know. Uh, she and Elise lot of scheduled starts. But would you rather have his teammate Ryan Yarborough or would you rather have Sheehan? Because Yarborough's getting wins and saves. Like I, I've tweeted about Yarborough. I've talked about him much every time he comes out. If you look at his stat line since joining the Dodgers, it is very, very nice. Um, we might get to him later in the show, but would you rather have Yarbrough for the chance to wins and saves, or would you rather have Sheehan? Oh, God, that's gross. Yeah, um, that's, that's, where, that's where we are. I'm saying it's gross because we're over here looking at Yarbrough, but look how good he's getting, been. Look how I'm good just, he's been. I'm just looking. I, I, I didn't uh-huh. honestly. I haven't really paid too much attention because he's Yarbrough. Yeah. Yeah, my Twitter's at BD Entrick, by the way, if you're curious. Well, you know, maybe because you just got your check mark, maybe you actually pop up on my algorithm these days. Dude, that's I, I, I really do hate that. Like, and as someone yeah. who pays for Twitter, I hate that you have to pay for Twitter to get that exposure. It's, yeah, it's I'm, with you. I'm with you. You shouldn't have to. We just do it because we obviously try to build a brand a little bit and you know get exposure, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't have to. And I should have been seeing your tweets before that. And I I see some of them, but I really don't see a lot of I them. I know I'm just messing I don't, I can tell you right now, I never see Simeon's. I never see Simeon. No, I, don't, I, don't even know if, well, I don't know if he's never on Twitter or if I just never, yeah. never see his tweets. Uh, but back to this. Um, I don't know what I'm doing here. I guess, I guess you are, bro, and just <laughs> kind of chase the wins and saves. Like, yeah, if I need, okay, if I'm chasing wins and saves given his role and usage, I might go Yarbrough. But if I need more of like a strikeouts ratio help, maybe Sheehan, like yep. team specific, because I'm not seeing the wins happen. Like you're seeing his la- Yarbrough has factored into his last five outings, either with a save or a win, three wins and two saves in his last five outings. Yeah, it's it's a fun conversation. That's why I want to bring it up because it'll make a lot of people kind of puke in their in their mouth. It's, but it's yeah, also, you did, you did. But now I'm like, I'm kind of kind of annoyed that I missed that. It's interesting. Yeah, that's why I've like mentioned it a few times on some different shows. I don't know which ones, but like I talked about it on. Um, doing one of the uh a tweet just after his last i think win or save whatever the heck he had it's been creepy interesting i'm gonna, t- I'm, gonna I'm gonna tweet this out give you no credit and watch it catch like catch on yeah, and be like that's fair <laughs> that, that's how the algorithm works these days i i totally understand that's that's the well, way, my, that's my, the, way my, the, the fair part the fair part is is like i just want to be one of those guys that do that to you because you love when that happens to you so much oh, i'm a big fan of that you know um <laughs> i last, actually won't do that obviously for yeah. those listening last one i'm going to ask about here and we'll talk about our pickups for the week added in 33 leagues as high as 13 as low as a dollar parker meadows we you know we we know you're a carrie carpenter guy you know riley green we love torque um the tigers have a bright future we'll say that much parker meadows got called up on the 21st of august hitting 289 home run five runs seven ribbies and two steals thoughts on parker meadows so parker meadows is one of my most rostered players in dcs because our early dcs i kept taking him like in the 50th round because i'm like he has power and speed and he's on the 40 man and the tigers should call him up because why not he's like 26 or he was like already older i thought 
but now you know it took him all this time to call him up and i like what i'm seeing early on you know he's not chasing a ton he's making decent contact and the swing strike rate is also slightly better than league average so the fact that he's able to keep the swing strikes under control not chase and have decent zone presence i love that in a hitter so when i look at that and then scroll back up and see a 28.3 percent k rate i don't believe that that k rate is like gonna be a thing like it shouldn't be that high when i look at those numbers those numbers don't equate to that so, so i'm guessing it's a lot of called strikes but there's a lot of passivity in that approach so if you look at meadows uh 15 walk rate 28.3 percent k rate it reminds you of gunner henderson right like where it was like a fourth of his at bats or sorry like almost 40 percent of his at bats end in a strikeout or walk you know what i mean uh yep. i don't i'm not saying that's the comp direct comp i say i'm not, i hate when i do comps because people are like oh Gunnar Henderson, Parker Met- no. There's power and speed yeah. here, but not to that extreme. It's just that that it reminds me of that like he needs to be a little more aggressive at the plate. But at the end of the day, I do buy I do buy into Parker Meadows uh growing into that a little bit. And I do think that he's gonna be solid. I don't know how much he's gonna give you down the stretch here because I feel like he flashed that one week he came up and kind of has since settled yeah. down. But I do bit, like yeah. him. I think I think he's got like, like I'd rather have him over um Canzone for reference. I'd rather okay. I I, I, I think I think Meadows is 12 team relevant. I just think maybe he's more of a bench piece or a fifth outfielder in 12 team or type of thing. He's not he's not a must start in a 15 team where you're probably taking him starting because he's playing every day and he has that type of upside. But in the 12, not a must start, but a guy that you really do want to have on your bench if you can swing it again. Deeper 12 team though has to be I'd say it has to be a five outfielder league. I don't think I'm I don't think anything shallower than that. Am I adding Meadows personally? Sounds good. Let's recap our fab moves for the week. Big spender Curlin, what did you do this past week? As uh, oh, I, know you, I know you had all all the money to make moves happen, dude. Hey, for a do- for for a man with dollar days, I'm, I've added a whole bunch of like guys like Connor Joe the last couple weeks, DJ Stewart, which that one actually worked out really well. I'm surprised, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. And I'm honestly not going to argue with the results. I got lucky on that one. Uh, sometimes it's better be lucky than good, right? Mm-hmm. We're, uh, let me see. Sorry, I actually forgot my. You think you think I'd be better at this by now? So Jordan, I actually re-added Jordan Diaz for a buck. I was happy to got me a home run this week. I got Hunter Goodman from Colorado for a buck. That's been surprised. A I was surprised yeah. I got him for a dollar and a fifteen. Um, and there was one, I only got three ads this week, and I think I benched one of them. And I got oh, two tickets to paradise. Um, <laughs> sorry. <Jesus Christ. laughs> Jordan, uh, no, you went there. You I, went there. I don't remember. Oh, the other one was uh, I, I told you I grabbed a, a relief. I grabbed for a buck Jordan Hicks just to have yeah. innings on my bench, make sure I don't take a zero for pitching. So, and over the last two weeks, I'm just gonna throw this around there because again, I'm I'm at the point now where it's like I had guys to drop. Like I had Connor Joe and Akil Badu are on my bench in this league, and the reason why I didn't drop them is because they're still playing every day. And they're hitting top half of that lineup. So at the end of the day, even though I would normally drop them to stream other players, I have to be very selective with my drops. And I'd rather have guys like them who are going to get playing time, even if they aren't, if, even if they're not good, on my bench. Versus like I can't afford to just go out and like, well, I want this guy instead. See what happens here. So I'm keeping guys that have playing time set with like, and if like now if Badu, for instance, has like a seven game week of all righties. I'm plugging him in because he's playing six of seven probably. So it's like they're still playing time. They're still past the production. It's just one of those things where it's like I'm being more selective with all my drops because I can only make so many now. 
So it's like if you guys are in, if there's people, a lot of diehards are probably in a similar situation because you guys are playing to this point of the year. You realize like you got to be selective and it is what it is. Like I'm stuck with Zach McKinstry and Kill Badu on my bench, on my team. And I have a team right now, it's 50 something overall in the overall right now. So it's still performing, it's doing decent. And it's doing that. <laughs> it's doing that with what I think I mentioned eight of my starters or eight players on my team. Six of my starters are on the Oakland Athletics, the Detroit Tigers, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Kansas City Royals. And for reference, it's Michael Massey, Jordan Diaz, Drew Waters, uh, <laughs> Zach McKinstry, and Shea Langliers are my starters right now from those teams. Not to mention those guys I mentioned, Connor Joe, a kill on my bench. I'm that's what that's September baseball for you. So don't yeah. feel bad. My, my, I guess and the reason why I rant, went on that rant and rambled to talk about that is because this is that time of the year where it doesn't matter. You are literally just scraping for production. If it doesn't matter where it's coming from, it doesn't matter if it's long-term outlook or nothing. You take the guys that are playing every day, attack plate appearances and, and, and matchups. And if, if that's on the worst of teams, so be it. You, you gotta do what you gotta do. And right now you can't be, Beggars can't be choosers. You can't be picky if you don't got money. And right now, my team that once had elite players has legitimate bottom bottom barrel scraping players being held together by duct tape and and super glue. It's working though. It's working. It's barely. It's like one of those guys. It's like, it's like I lost my leg and I'm hopping to the finish line with one leg. And I'm I I, I think go, I can cash. Go get him. <laughs> go cash. get him, Lieutenant Dan. Go get him, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. Um, I just changed my team name right now from go. King Curlin to Lieutenant Curlin. There real quick. I like it. I like it. Um, one of my OCs grabbed uh, Ronnie Mauricio. Dropped Brady Singer six I'm to so one. Jealous. So jealous. Um, my other OC. I added Davis Schneider, dropped Jaron Duran, 12 to 1. I had a lot of money somehow in this league. Added Ronnie Mauricio, dropped Randall Grichik, 12 to nothing. Added Matt Manning, dropped you Darvish, 1 to nothing, because Matt Manning has a very intriguing two step next week. So that one uh, really had my attention. And then in my other OC, my third OC, grabbed Jason Dominguez, dropped Ellis Anders, 6 to 3. The other two OCs, Dominguez was not added anywhere. Added Andrew Heaney, dropped Miles Meeklis, did not start Heaney this week, but I just added him for potential upside. Might be a drop. It was three to nothing. Then I added DJ LeMahieu, dropped Kyle Gibson, one to nothing. If people have not been paying attention to DJ LeMahieu, who homered again on Tuesday, um, I wrote him up in a risers and fallers column recently because it shocked me when I saw how well he was doing. And I kept a very close eye because he's been like mid three Ks on DraftKings at first base. He pretty much leading plays off. There. Yeah, leading off playing first base because Rizzo's done for the season. That's been announced. But let's just pick an arbitrary date here. I'll just pick August 1st because he's pretty much been producing a little bit longer than that, honestly. But August 1st on, LeMay was hitting 275. He had a seventh homer tonight. But, you know, 11 runs scored, nine RBIs. If you really want to highlight it, let's just go from August 23rd on. That's when the power showed up. Um, since the 23rd on, he's hitting 261 with six home runs. Again, hit his seventh tonight. Um, been super productive in the top of that that order. Uh, DJ LeMahieu of all people, so I added him as well. Those are the only two uh, triples this year. I have. Yeah, which is crazy for LeMahieu. Two but triples. Oh, huh. sorry. Well no, <laughs> just a random, fine. just a random fact. Yeah. Hey, DJ LeMahieu, yeah, two triples. He, I had DJ LeMahieu left for dead a long time ago, and here yeah. he is producing, which is pretty, pretty crazy stuff. But what else is crazy? We went over two hours tonight, which actually flew by to be honest with you i looked up there not too bad uh any final thoughts again three fad periods to go before you know it we'll be uh we'll be done with this season i'm honestly i've never been this much into baseball this late in the season before a lot maybe it's because i'm you know playing for good more money than i've ever played for before but also 
I found something, I found a process and a, a way to finally stay focused and do it. So I don't know. Just that was my final thought is like, wow, it's the end of the year. I'm ready for it. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not, I'm actually excited to get right back into draft prep. So it's weird. It's one of those, like, yep. I've never been this into it this late, but I've also can't wait to continue getting more into it in the off season. Cause there's a lot to learn from this, this year. Yeah. There's a ton, a ton to learn. So I'm hundred percent with you. I'm looking forward to uh, 2024, but I'm also more so looking forward to finishing the season strong. You and I both have some uh, some runners that, that could make us some money, or at the same money. time, at the same time, are close to making us want to cry for quite a while. I have so many teams in fourth and fifth, like it's ridiculous. Yeah. And for reference, like top three get paid in most of these leagues. I'm like on the bubble in a lot of them, and there's other teams I'm just trashed in. So it's like uh, my main event will make or break my year, honestly, in terms of uh, profit or not. Yeah, so it's going to be real interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, we'll keep you guys posted in the coming weeks. We'll probably have a post-mortem episode as well, just for fun, when all things are said and done. But uh, until next time, make sure you check out Curlin on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. I am at BD Intrick. This was Bench with Bubba, episode 604, Fab Recap, Strategy, special guest Nick Pollock. So much fun. Catch you all next time. Hey there, I'm Brandon Kelly from the Always Cheating Podcast, co-hosted with my friend Josh Landon. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. What is Blue Wire? Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. And over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised more than $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and their business operations. Now they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. And it's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup. You can invest as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which will in turn help this show continue to grow. So if you'd like to be a part of the BlueWire investment round or want to find out more information, visit WeFunder.com slash BlueWire.